Hey guys, welcome to Begging Broadcast, episode number 385. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, where we gather up the top geek news of the past week. From the NewsGuard. Well, we gather it up. And then is the list of comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 16th, 2019. Let's get ready to read. We followed up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, since we already took a look back at the year 2018, this time we take a look forward at 2019 uh, with our annual look forward. We're going to be talking about some of the movies, TV shows, uh, breakout characters we're looking forward to coming out of comics, and our new beers resolutions. Mm. Yes. And uh, well, if we're going to have new beers resolutions, we got to start keep drinking the old beers that we already own, right? Wait, are we unplugged? Like, what's happening? What are you doing? Producer John is is, is plug unplugging something, and I was like wondering, but it was already unplugged. There was nothing plugged in. So, and we're drinking a beer that he brought to the table uh, from a brand new brewery. Yeah, this is a brand new brewery. They had a soft opening this weekend, and this is Froth Brewing uh, here in Buffalo, and we are drinking their Bread IPA. This is a six point two percent. IPA, Ooh. Uh, crowlered yesterday at the bar. It's it's nice. It's got the nice uh, grapefruit pop up front. It does get very bitter on the back end and then finishes off with a strong malt aftertaste, I'm finding. Um, just leaves my mouth all malty. Uh, I like it. I don't get the malt. I have, uh, I'm fighting a little bit of a cold. So <clears throat> this beer tastes a, it tastes a little off to me. I get really bitter grapefruit pith on it um so my palate probably isn't the best right now to really rate it but i like it Mm -hmm. it's a good grapefruitiness the thing with the grapefruit though up front like the first pop i had oh this is really bright and light and nice and then the pith happened and the more drink it the more just pith i get and like i i lose that bright i would agree you you, you miss a little bit of the brightness um you know because we 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 talk a lot before the show, so I've probably had what, what, ten ounces, something like that. Yeah, yeah, ten ounces of this these beer. Hold about, these hold a little bit more than sixteen ounces, and you have a sliver of beer left. I, I have a little bit more, uh, you know, about two more gulps left. So, yeah, the more I got into it, the less uh, bright, cheery grapefruit I got, and the more dark, bitter. Uh, it's still grapefruit. good for a, a brewery that just opened. Yeah. I would be game to go there. It's fairly close to my house. Um, I think it's like uh, if you hit lights, it's 17 minutes from my house if you if you nice. get caught by the lights. And um, I like it. They, the different beers they had all sounded good. They have an imperial stout um, aged upon uh, 100 pounds of uh, toasted coconut. Oh. Um, they had some okay. other stuff that sounded really good. They have more beers coming. And what's nice is, so when they brew these and they go into, like, the finishing tank, they never keg it to put it into their taps. It actually goes right from the finishing tank to their taps. So you get it as fresh as possible um, in the brewery, which I I think that's kind of fun. There's only a couple places that actually do that. That's pretty cool. And being 17 minutes away from a brewery sounds like a dream, you know. It's something very few people get to live uh, that kind of lifestyle for a little while, right, Chris? Hey, exactly. Uh, I'm not drinking a beer from 
uh, my local brewery, though. I'm actually drinking one from Road Brewing, and this is their Hazelutely Chocotabulous uh, candy bar in a bottle. I have to keep looking at the label because it's just so hard to say. Hazelutely Chocotabulous. Uh, this is a blended beer, actually. This is 60% their hazelnut brown nectar ale brewed with natural flavors and 40% chocolate sour brewed with chocolate. Uh, I love my dessert beers. I'm a big fan of all the really super sweet stuff that Southern Tier puts out. So when I saw Rogue doing this, I thought, okay, like this, this could be really good. Uh, I love their Voodoo Donut series. So, hey, why not? There, there's really not a lot of chocolate to it. I think they needed to up the ratio of the chocolate stout because it's just a lot of the nut brown and then you get the like bitterness of the stout on the back end. It's it's not a candy bar in a bottle. It's mostly just like oh. a hazelnut brown with like a stout aftertaste. I'm I'm really disappointed in it, honestly. I wish I had well, something else to drink today, but I only have this bottle. Oh. Well, Rogue already has a hazelnut brown ale, yeah. right? Oh, no, this is yeah. 60% that and then 40% their chocolate Oh, stuff. so it is a mix. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's a pre-mixed bottle. Yeah, and they just need to, they need to swap the ratios around on it. I just, when I see a candy bar in a bottle, I'm expecting just big, a dessert rich, yes, yeah, like sweet, sweet flavors. Yeah. And this is just, it's very hazelnutty. And then the stout just kind of washes over the tongue. And you get up a little bit of the chocolate malt there, but it's... It's not what I wanted it to be. Well, it's like uh, Oscar Blues has the Death by Coconut, which mm-hmm. tastes like a gourmet Mounds bar. Uh, you know, like those there's those beers that they you expect when they say, oh, mm-hmm. this is like a candy bar beer or this is that, that you expect it to have these characters. And Rogue's one of those beers, that, or one of those companies that if they're saying that this is going to be chocolatey and this... You expect it out of them. How isn't there a Twix candy bar uh, beer yet? Because you got that uh, that pastry malt that's out there that Twenty First Amendment used for their yeah. one pastry, and then you got you know chocolate and caramel. That seems like a thing that's in a stout quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, are Twix that popular? I love Twix. I, I think so. Yeah. I like a Twix too, but it's never my go-to candy. But if you saw a Twix beer out on the shelf. I don't know. Maybe because maybe you can't use the term Twix. They won't well, right, it but, out or right, but, uh, candy wafers or something. Mm-hmm. They could figure it out. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Wouldn't it just be kind of a caramel, a chocolate caramel with that pastry a malt? You know, yeah. As a I finisher. mean, I guess you would go like uh, that cracker cookie mm-hmm. kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I who knows? I mean, that would it, be it, a bag and board brew, right? It's there. Not out there. For me, I don't know. At least. You know what I hate is we talk about these brews that we should brew, and then we never, no, we we never, never do it. And half of it's Scott. Old producer Scott. Uh, next time I, I, I come up, we should, we should talk to Scott. I haven't seen Scott in like two years now. <laughs> His kids are so old. They're, they're collecting like, social yeah, security. Yeah, they're adults now. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. You're coming up for her wedding, right? <laughs> oh, that was their retirement party. Yeah. That's that's all I got to say about my beer. All right. Well, let's go out to the news garden, guys, and uh, gather up some news. Can dig up the news. Got to dig it up. So uh, the only real news, like I wanted to talk about, it, and Chris, you brought it up as like, ah, maybe we should talk about, it, maybe we shouldn't. And I thought it sparked good conversation. Was uh, Bungie Studios uh, leaving Activision? 
like doing an early termination on their I think ten year contract. Uh, and they're also getting to keep the Des- uh, Destiny IP. Yeah. Uh, Which is Destiny was that when Bungie left Microsoft, Microsoft kept all of Halo, and that's really what Bungie's most known for uh, prior to Destiny was the creation of the Halo franchise, which people absolutely love. So I know when it was announced, I actually worked at GameStop back when that happened, and there was like this whole like, whoa, like, what are they going to do next? Like, people couldn't wait to see. Uh, and when they announced that they were doing a MMO FPS RPG, uh, people were, like, really pumped about it. Like, mm-hmm. great idea. I think I didn't play Destiny 1. I have played Destiny 2 when it was released for free uh, back during BlizzCon when that happened. And I have to say, I really got into the game. Um, and apparently this is... That was part of the problem. Like Destiny just wasn't performing how Activision wanted. Right, because of the whole idea of you know the microtransactions. They thought they could uh, get a big player base together that would actually then start spending the money uh, while in game. And I guess that never performed as well as Activision thought. It never became a uh, a green, you know, an evergreen title. It seems so. I mean, I, uh, but be- like I said, I, I got the game for free. I actually paid the $60 to get the uh, Forsaken expansion that came out recently. Mm-hmm. Include like, all the DLC like, up to that point. The uh, Forsaken King? Was, was that it? Uh, that was Sounds like, certain. something King was the other one. Like, one of the oh, okay. expansions. Uh, that was the Taken King. Mm. But, you know, I, I got the game for free. It's not something I would have bought or paid for on my own but since it was free i i, I got into it hard and now that nice. like uh. more stuff's coming out wow like i've taken a little bit of sabbatical from it but as soon as like i'm caught up on the wild content i plan on dipping my toes back into that so i think it's crazy that this game's not performing because i can i can see people really digging this game well people really like the first one and then people had qualms about the second one because yeah. i remember the first one had tons of people going gaga for it but a lot of people there was backlash to the first one being like oh it's pay to win like i can get all these upgrades and everything on the microtransaction front and just do like deck out my character and you know not really play the game um and I don't know. I've never gotten into Destiny. Uh, EA is going to be launching from Bioware Anthem later on this year, and you know, to kind of compete with this game. But I don't know if that's a franchise that that style of game is really that popular with all the you know Fortnite and Player Unknown Battlegrounds. The uh, what is that style of game called? The Battle the Royale. Battle Royale games like those seem to be. People the game. love that. They well, love see, that. yeah, people. We say people, people seem to love that, that stuff, but I. I don't know anyone that plays that game or any of those games like Player Unknown or Fortnite. And I think two people at my office play Fortnite. Yeah, but it the seems thing like is, a lot more like my people, younger, younger people. Play people it. have well, they're my age. People and they're make playing careers that game. now of being on Twitch playing those games and people following these people playing and watching and mm-hmm. giving them money to continue to play because they like to watch them play. Pug and, and Fortnite and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Also, was Destiny the one that got into trouble with uh, gambling? Where they were saying the loot boxes... No, that was actually set- uh, Blizzard with Overwatch. 
Oh. And even though like the loot boxes are, it's like generally just like cosmetic stuff or skins for your characters, like sprays for your guns. Like it's nothing that actually changes gameplay. It's just like cool mm-hmm. rewards that you might want to get, but you can still like play the game without it. Um, no, I'm, I'm talking about the loot crate that you would earn the loot crate, but then to unlock the loot crate, you actually had to spend real money to buy a key to unlock it. Oh no, that I that I didn't hear about. There was a game that was out that was popular, and they're like, and it was all random chance of what was going to be in there, and they're like, well, that's basically a lottery ticket at that point, and there was some pushback on whether or not you could sell that to a 13 year old or 14, you know. Yeah. Anybody under eighteen? I don't know about that. No, yeah, that I, I didn't know about, but I know it was um, that was something that actually happened over in the UK or EU somewhere mm-hmm. uh, where it was actually charges were brought up like, like on game companies because it's like you said it was gambling. Even though mm-hmm. most people are like, oh no, like it's just stuff, and if you want to pay the money, cool, but you don't have to. Like, there's no. Like, yeah, but they make you they make rewards you are still and, and, and make it almost a necessity. Yeah, an intrinsic reward, no matter the va- value, is still a reward yeah. or reward. Yeah, but at the same time, like it's one of those things. Like, it's nothing unique. Like, if it was like a situation like you were saying, where like, oh, you get this, but then you have to pay money to unlock it, then yeah, like that's that's a slippery slope, I think. But. And then there was the secondary. I think there was going to be like as there was some weird secondary market where people are trading those boxes those loot crates to other people so they would open them up instead so like and sell them for real money like it, it became a crazy thing i thought yeah, it was destiny but uh, maybe the not. other crazy thing oh, is uh after the separation of bungie and activision activision is brought up being Act- brought up activision charges. activision not accuvision that's that's contact lenses <laughs> activision what is i wear Yep. Uh, but uh, they're being brought up on um, uh, fraud charges, mm-hmm. and um, they have some other charges being brought up against them. Tax fraud? I believe so. Um, and then I think that's kind of some of the reason why they were able to pull away from Activision. But interesting to see where all of this is going to pan out. Yeah, Activision's been struggling recently. I mean,. A lot of stuff happening over on the Blizzard side of the company too, with just like, restructuring of the company, like people stepping down, people stepping in. Uh, I don't honestly even know what other games Activision does. Assassin's Creed is the only one that kind of like springs to mind, but I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean. I used to have a ton of old Nintendo games back in the day. They had, like, a Marvel contract. Because I used to see that Activision pop up on that Wolverine crappy Nintendo game I had. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to read up more on the Activision investigation. But according to a news report for MarketWatch, an uh, investigation has kicked off concerning suspected unlawful business practices and other types of fraud within their daily operations. Um, interesting interesting you know at one time it was like it was such a lucrative thing to be in the gaming business and now it just seems so 
so dire. If you don't have a hit and you're going to spend two years making a game, you know, you're you're going to have layoffs. You're going to fold. You're going to be bought up and, and torn apart. Well, and it's uh, like, there's so much time and money that has to go into a video game before it even comes out. Like, I don't blame any company for including microtransactions just because you have to have something to start recovering that, like right off the bat. Yeah, because of the short tail of the video game sales. Like, if you're not a hit within the first month of release, like what ninety eight percent of all your money that you're going to make on a video game uh, in retail is made within the first month. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like for most games, I mean, there's a constant release schedule too, so there's always something coming out. Like you need to mm-hmm. have some sort of staying power, and that's in the traditional gaming market. And if you look at who's been making money, it's PopCap, who is now owned by EA, NetEase, which is its own thing, which is the digital phone space. Yeah, you know those people are, you know, they release games and with those microtransactions they just constantly make money and shareholder value so and they're the ones that are gobbling up and creating you know but it's like with the top three games that the 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 top three games that were up for the awards at the whatever the big oscar of the games are was god of war spider-man and red dead 2 all, you know, and all single player stuff. All single player stuff, no microtransactions, and those are the games that people this year have been raving about. I'm playing Red Dead Two now. I, right, I love it. Like I, I'm, I can't wait to end the game because I want to f- see the story to the end. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, oh man! But they're at the same time, the beta for their online stuff is coming up. And that's unlocked for people who own the game. So it's like, well, when I end that, I can still live in this world and do crazy different ventures and join people I know online and form a posse and and go do adventures that way with my friends. So it's definitely interesting in that aspect. But, like, God of War won best game of the year, you know? Well, I think the games industry now is basically two separate industries that that are lumped together. Because they're in the same area. It's almost like the tradi- games that we tr- traditionally think of as video games, the ones that come out on consoles and PCs, the Red Dead Redemptions, the Spider-Mans, and the... Uh, what was the other one that you said? God of, uh, God of War. God of War. Those are hardcover book releases. Microtransaction video, uh, you know, tablet and phone games are magazines. You know, they're cheap to get into. Like three dollars, a dollar ninety nine at the newsstand. They're, they're, versus fifty dollars. They're, they're the romance novels. Yeah. In the in the mm-hmm. uh, aisle checkout at the grocery right. store. Do they get a lot of people that buy them? Yes, more than the people that are buying the hardcover books now. Actually, yes. Well, and then making, but then they keep also coming back because they'll go back the next month and buy the next issue too. Buy buy the next yeah buy the next one in the series, and the hardcover. Uh, book guys are like uh, we're going to get bought out by these uh, romance magazines guys and that's what's going to happen and maybe we have to make our industry more a little stop producing just hardcovers let's do softcovers let's try to be more like the uh, romance magazines I think that's what we're seeing right now is that is it, I think we've is been seeing switch. that for the last couple of years yeah. and it's really come to a head now with the big news of you know 
Bungie leaving, and basically their next project is well, going to be I mean, even like something the, with Netties, which the, is the Star Wars Battlefields. Was Battlefield or Battlefront? Battlefront. Uh, Battlefront Two. Battlefront. With their... I mean, people people threw up their arms and and hated the mm-hmm. the amount of microtransactions, and if you were to if you were to just play the game and earn enough credits to unlock your Han Solo or this, mm-hmm. you'd have to spend like seven seventeen thousand hours playing the game Ugh. to do that. Mm-hmm. Where you can spend fifty bucks and buy the character, like, and they were they were uh, so aggressive with mm-hmm. having to pay that. And plus, people who wanted that game, their other backlash was that we went a campaign mode. We don't want just online mm-hmm. online battle royale oh that was battlefront one then. well even two they oh the, two was the same issue? the same the exact same way but two has a campaign it does have a campaign that's yes. because i bought two i didn't buy one <laughs> but again and that's but i two haven't played is the either one, one where you have to spend a fortune oh, in game to mm-hmm. unlock your characters well the release Otherwise. of diablo 3 we had the same issue with the live with the loot drop system where you then you could go sell it on an actual marketplace remember that the, the real well, world yeah they had the house. real world auction house but that was blizzard's way of combating people that were just doing that on their own like outside mm-hmm. of the game it was basically just a way for them to not control the market i want to say because they think they did take 10 percent of the sale but just have it be a legit way of people selling off the stuff that they did want and then people buying things that they did but again like that was a case of like you didn't have to do it like you could still just play through the game if you wanted um before blizzard folded that idea and then they released what they called loot 2.0 where they increased the drop rates or stuff right i mentioned that because that is a company responding to a bad bad idea with a good idea and it and it was really vitriol when it first released it's gotten to the point where i mentioned it and i could tell by john's look that he does not recall this thing happening at all well, I don't because he for, loves diablo 3 i don't remember that in diablo 3 I, I remember that for like warcraft and stuff like that they had that market no never real world money being yeah. exchanged on World of Warcraft. There was underground backhanded ways to like yeah, buy people would buy gold. But again, like Blizzard came out. I don't know the- how like because I'm just thinking of how you. I don't know how you would do that in. It was an actual thing within the game that was built in to the game. I don't remember. Could, I, I honestly don't right. remember that. But I also right. never would have done you know, that. You know why? Because Blizzard stepped in and said, "Oh, this is an issue with our player base," and they fixed the problem. <laughs> But yeah. even now, like I don't know where I would go because it's it. no longer there. Yeah, they they it's okay. gone. Like and it wasn't something that right. they had on the console versions of the game. Um, oh, by the time the console the time. version came out, like that was already come and gone from the actual PC live version. Well, that's why I don't remember. Oh, but there was that vitriol. It was big news, and it was and that's... because I would I would spend that money because I play Diablo three with my wife, uh-huh. and I'm the lead character. I'm player number one with an account and she's like player number two with a you know not a solid account and she gets all the cool shit she's got all these extra cool she's got a fucking unicorn that runs around and collects money for her she's got all this cool stuff and I'm like motherfucker this is my game you're lucky I let you <laughs> play the this. mother of your child sir and so you're, technically I, John would be the, mother the right? John would be the motherfucker then okay. <laughs> No, I, but that's all the cool stuff. No, I'm Paul, just saying, Paul got a really cool drop when we were playing WoW the other day. It was awesome to like battle catch right around on. I didn't get anything. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry about that, Chris. No, that's, I, that's really cool. Well, you have some pretty sweet drops. Uh, but I only wanted to mention that, that whole Diablo scenario because I think, yes, I think we're in this period where their companies are trying to figure out the right way to be competitive in this market. And, and I think as long as they well, listen I, to their fan base, they can find a, uh, a middle ground con- because well, Diablo 3 sells really well. It's got to be difficult to throw that line because if you know net developer a comes out with a game where they have the microtransactions built into it like people will play that game they might be like oh you know what i'm not going to do this i don't want to pay the money they'll either stop playing or they'll just continue along the free-to-play path if someone like blizzard or activision or ea has a game franchise already established and people play it like you're World of Warcraft, Diablo, Mass mm-hmm. Effect, or Anthem, you know, whenever that comes out. And then all of a sudden, like, they start putting that in there. People are already like, whoa, pump the brakes. Like, this is a cash grab. When it's a way for them just to supplement the cost of that game development and try to make money for all these big publicly traded companies that shareholders do want to see some sort of return from. It's, it's a difficult spot to be in right now. Yeah, it, 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 the market is changing, and they gotta they gotta figure out their way. But like, but then and, like on the Blizzard side of things, the fans don't like change. Like even when everyone expected Diablo Four to be announced at BlizzCon, they announced a net game. People yep. were pissed, and it's fifty percent. Well, people are sad because they wanted to see Diablo Four. Then this other fifty percent, they're coming out with a microtransaction game. Like that's ridiculous. But uh, the old well, even team. Also, what oh, was it? Uh, Fallout, the latest Fallout seventy six. Yeah, I mean there was just bad press after bad press with that. Mm-hmm. And the thing uh, I wanted to mention, uh, what is it? Second lunch. The basically the old team that created the creators of Hearthstone. It's called Second Breakfast. But I think that their yes. team is Second Lunch. Is Second no, Lunch? No, making a They announced that Tolkien uh, reference, right? And th- it is. They're playing off that Tolkien reference, I'm guessing. They announced that they uh, have a partnership with Marvel, and they're going to be releasing a game uh, with, of course, NetEase, who who are the people that are creating uh, with Blizzard, Diablo, uh, what is it, Infinity? Not Infinity. Diablo Eternal? Eternal? Something like that. Immortal. Internal? Immortal. I, not an E. Sorry. Immortal. So... We're going. Games are going the way of mobile. Fortnite's on mobile, it, and it's a big popular thing. Like it's, uh, Minecraft was so popular, and it was mo- uh, available on mobile as well. I think companies need to figure out the best way to do it without losing sight of their core audience as well. And, yeah, and and it can happen. I think. I mean, I, I think a little bit with a Diablo, uh, Immortal is they lost sight of what their huge fan base, how they want to play that game. Mm-hmm. And it isn't well, on the phone. They don't want that story there. Uh, but again, that's, yeah, uh, the fan base that they already have. But what about the other millions and millions and millions of people that play games on their phones now? Like, that's how stuff... Play Hearthstone, yeah, Hearthstone just on their phone. And they know stuff the, like yeah. the Candy Crush. Like, how big of an earner is that for, was it, King? Yeah. Yeah, like... Well, wait, no. Uh, I'm sorry. Candy Crush is King. PopCap, which was Peggle, is owned by EA. I don't know who King is owned by. 
yeah, I should though. It's because I it, it's love the for our uh, annual earning reports. It's I was going to say you love Candy Crush. <laughs> so that's money on money on money for the developers from people that play those games. You know, just casually. I mean, with Diablo, I paid sixty bucks for that game when it came out. I played it a ton. I can still play it a ton. Like if I was to sit down after we finished recording and play Diablo, I could easily lose like the next three hours of my day. But it's the people that would keep uh, going I, back to it and paying like like that dollar ninety nine, that five dollars, that ten dollars. In some of the online like mobile games I play, like they have bundles available for ninety nine ninety nine that give you a ton of stuff. People buy that. I won't, but the couple people out there that do you know, the whales, as they call them, that's that's easy money for these developers. So you can't fault them for taking people up on that. Oh, King Game is owned by Activision Blizzard. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, was there any other news that we had? Uh, I just had the uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix movie going back for more reshoots. Budget supposedly ballooning over $200 million at this point. Um, still... Still slated for a June 2019 release. Um, But on that front, though, while that movie will be coming out still, a lot of other stuff falling off of the Fox X-Men schedule. I do want to mention this, though. The reason their production budget is ballooning is because now they have to use the anti-aging like technology <laughs> that was developed at Marvel Studios uh, for all these actors coming back. Because all I know is when I was 19... You took a picture of me at 19 and then a picture of me at 21. Completely different looking people. So there's no way you can do reshoots with, with people in their like early 20s, late teens, and have them yeah, look Paul, the same. It's, it's, it hasn't even been a year. It's, it's been shooting for two years, right? <laughs> no. It has to have. Like it started it shooting. Finished, it finished up. It was supposed to, the movie was supposed to come out this summer. And now they're going back and they're reshooting stuff to put out next summer. Okay, so half a year. And how when did they start shooting? Uh, a year I'm, before that? I, it was, no, it was a couple months before that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, it was a kind of a throwaway joke. It but was I a still, throwaway joke, but then you, like, fucking really held true to that, like, no, no! No! It's 19 to 21! Yeah, two years. I'm just saying two years. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree, Paul. Yes. It's <laughs> one... The movie. It's ridiculous. That- what I love is they put out a trailer with a, a date, and then two days later said, uh-uh, we got to push it back, and then they do it again. And New Mutants, I don't think New Mutants is ever going to come out. Uh, Chris mentioned that other movies have finally been canceled. Uh, Gambit, finally canceled. Uh, X-Force, finally canceled. Um, Multiple Man, Kitty Pryde, there was um, New the Mut- Doctor Doom movie that they were going to make is also uh, canceled. Right, so, New Mutants hit me. So oh, go ahead, quick, uh, pre-production on it started back 2016-2017. Principal photography began on June 28th, 2017. It's 2019. Okay. Throwing reshoots. That's two years. Thank you, Chris, for doing for doing the legwork. Thank you, Wikipedia. I will not give you the $3 <laughs> that you constantly harass me for, though. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the thing is with New Mutants would it be possible because it looks so different from any kind of X-Men movie it looks so di- like you watch that trailer and you wouldn't know it was associated with the Marvel X-Men franchise at all 
right? Yeah, well, there's that other movie that was coming out from Fox Studios about the kids with the powers being routed up into camps that I thought was going to be New Mutants when I saw the trailer for it, and I was like, oh, no, this is like something else completely different dealing with. Yeah, it's a, a book, a teen book series. Oh, I thought that was a television series called The Gifted. No, that's also... Well, that is, but that's also that's yeah. in the X Men world, right, right? Oh, okay. There's another movie that isn't the X Men world and was never part of the X Men. No, but so there it was, looks exactly there, like it should be part of it. I am number four. No, not I am. There four. was a the deal with Marvel because Marvel mm. owns rights for TV, but they also but if they were to make those TV characters, they don't own the rights to the characters. It's, it's something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. But Fox and Marvel worked out a deal for them to have the TV rights to do these things. And that's when we were going to get the Hellfire Club. We're getting this gifted, how we got Legion. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you really like, Legion. I do. I can't wait for season two. Season two's been dragging its feet coming out. Uh, the um, movie was called The Darkest Minds. Yes. With those, with those, they made some type of deal for that to happen. And who knows? Nobody still knows what Marvel got out of it. Everyone was saying Fantastic Four. I think it might have been something to do with maybe Black Panther. I don't know. Some somewhere in those rights, mm-hmm. they got something, and Fox got the TV stuff, and now they're buying them. So who cares? But it's, I don't know. It's kind of it's nutty in in their sense. I could see. New Mutants being able to cut off all references to the rest of the X-Men from at least from that trailer and it being its own like weird creepy horror movie yeah and it being released on Netflix because it's done the reason half the reason it went back is to add more references in and to try to make it more scary Mm -hmm. but who the who knows now who cares I mean it's up in the air I can't believe they're still trying to put this Dark Phoenix thing out. Uh, I think they, they need, need to just shelve it. They they need to finish their quadrology. <laughs> I don't know because is it at this point they're saying we have no faith in this movie. This movie mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah, they have. I mean, what, they have to be. They this put out the third they... time. It's being pushed back with even more reshoots. There's something. There's something major wrong with it. Yes, uh, you know what they they put out. X-Men Apocalypse. And Which is awful. Awful. But Olivia Munn as Psylocke is decent. Not that, see, that's that's the 21-year-old Girl, boy yeah. in you yeah. from when she was on Attack of the Show. See, I, did, I stopped watching it when it became Attack of the Show. Whatever it was. Well, what it was, was it before that, it was screensavers, The Screensavers, which okay. was a lot more techy and not as nerdy. Okay. What year was that out? 20, 2001? Yeah, it was, was early. Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. So... Because the tech Sorry, team... I only remembered yeah. it as, as I know. Attack of the Show. Yeah, because... I'm surprised I was able to pull that name out of the, <laughs> you, my, you did well. You did well. You did well. That. Because that was when G4 and Tech TV merged. After that merger, that's when I fell off of the Tech TV. Because I used to watch Tech TV. Uh, I'm on the, the New Mutants Wikipedia page right now. And again, production for that one started in 2017. Um, pre-production back in 2014 to 2016. The first trailer for it, though, came out back in October 2017. Jeez. Uh, reshoots, Long be- time. reshoots for the film had begun at the end of September 2018. Uh, confirming uh, Simon Kinberg, confirming they were mostly folks on making the film more frightening. 
after a positive response to the horror-inspired trailer. So uh, they, they went back to do more after people were like, oh, like, it doesn't look like an X-Men movie. So at that point, I feel like if they just change the people's names, because it is literally just yeah. like Magic, Wolfsbane, Cannonball, Sunspot, like, it could just be Chamber. its own thing. Is, is Chamber? Uh, Chamber is not listed in it, no. Oh, wow. He, I thought... They did a Generation X movie. He would have been there. Mm-hmm. Chamber's too much money. Oh, he just needs a scarper on his face. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta, at one point you got to show his fire coming out of his head. But they do that out of the like washing machine or dryer or whatever. Except the kids in. Uh, that now that's the one you got to worry about because there's people who are young in that who are going to look way too old. Because mm-hmm. that's a, a 15, 16 year old is now a 18 year old. Right. Well, isn't that what's happening with uh, Dark Phoenix as no, well? No, all those people are in their 20s. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, know how, I don't know how old anybody is. That's why I don't ID anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't work in a place that I need to ID anybody either. I ID people. I'm always surprised. I was like, <laughs> really? And then I, like, scratch the license. Oh, well, okay, all right. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's news, right? That's that's it. That's news. That was a long discussion. I'm proud of us, guys. That's four, almost 40 minutes of the show right there. Hey, news gardens. Sometimes uh, things you don't think are ripe are ripe for the picking. <laughs> yeah, and then sometimes things are ripe for the picking. Isn't that right, Paul? Oh, whoa, I, didn't, I thought you were definitely throwing it over to Chris, but he only has that one beer. Uh, this is yeah, Exactly. From, this is from 2017, uh, February, maybe 1st, 2017. Uh, 2017. This is the 42 North release of their Red Army Ale, which is in a Russian Imperial Stout that's released once a year and uh, at the brewery. And, and this a, was the last time it was released in bottles. Right. Uh, and it was released once before that. So this is the second year release, I believe. I think it was released since they've been open, they've released this beer. It was very, very small. Oh, okay. You happen to be there and pick it up. Well, after it had been released, it was just on the counter, and you're like, "I like Russian Imperials," oh, and you so bought, I it. bought it. And this is a because I went to the brewery the day of release for this one. Yeah, this bottle here. So that so. that might have been the third year that this beer is okay. So the third year because that was the year that I'm like, you know what, 2017, I want to be able to do things on my own and alone. Like, you know, I don't need to wait for other people to get, you know, to jump on board to things. So that's why I decided to go to this bottle release alone because nobody else could go. But I'm like, you know what, I'll go alone. Well, you you have a job where you usually have Saturdays off. Yeah. So I went alone and picked this up and drank a, a, a glass of it alone, and this is just as good as I remember it being. It's um. It has aged nicely, being about two years old. <laughs> it has some really great caramel notes to it. It's got a little bit of a watery back end, right? But uh, now that we're talking, like it's all like just like I had a piece of really dark chocolate. Like, yeah, tw- I mean, ten it stays on your tongue, but yeah. the flavor of the beer <laughs> washes away. Washes away, and then you have this lingering on your tongue. <laughs> it's it's a very very nice beer. I'm really looking forward to the kind of amped up version of the year old okay, can that we one, have yeah. to drink. Mm-hmm. Um, the fresher, but it is uh, it is definitely very 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 good. Yep. It reminds me incredibly a lot of the um, 
Otter Creek. Otter Creek. Yeah. Russian Imperial. Oh, it's it's the closest thing we can get. Yeah. And now the carnival notes are there. We have mm-hmm. probably a three or four year old bottle of Otter Creek downstairs. We yeah. Probably crack someday soon. Oh, well, whenever Chris comes up, we're going to just spend two days of drinking. Hopefully, right? uh, March or April. I'll, get, I'll let you know. Roll out the c- those, uh, Yeah. Roll out the cots. We got a futon. <laughs> we got several couches. All right. Well, we got a smoker, air fryer. And an Instapot. <laughs> Whoa! There's so uh, those, many ways that you can make food. Those were good after we uh, got it started. Oh. Started, <laughs> they stopped, and then they started again. Well, the problem with my smoker is I have an electric smoker. Mm-hmm. I set up the smoker. Uh, the kids call was, that vaping. So, yeah. well, okay, thank you. I had set it up. It was, it was fine. And then my wife came out, and she turned on the remote control. And I was like, I don't need the remote control. And when she turned on the remote control, it reset the smoker... And we didn't realize till I went to go check on it that the thing had been turned off and it wasn't smoking. So then we had to reset the smoker. But y'all got some free fucking food. <laughs> and you drank some great beers that we pulled out of the cellar. So, nanny nanny boo boo. Got to hang out with Greg, too. It was a good day. It was good. It's always, it's always good to hang out with Greg. Uh, but that'll take us into the list. And uh, these are the books coming out January 16th. Chris, what are you looking for? I'm sorry, January 16th, when? 2019! Let's get ready to read! There's actually nothing coming out this week that I'm really looking forward to, so I'm going to use this as an excuse to go back into my stack of shame and start reading all the books that I have purchased or downloaded and not cracked open yet. Because there's still months worth of issues after those books that I haven't picked up yet because I hadn't read those ones. So, hey, New Year, say me. I'm going to be really lazy about reading these books unless it's something that we have to do for the monthly look back. Uh, I agree. I've been in the same boat with a lot of my stuff. Uh, The book I picked because it was the only thing that I could find that was semi-interesting to me is Marvel Comics Presents number one. And this is, uh, you know, a classic Marvel series returning for Marvel's 80th anniversary. And this is um, three different writers and artists coming to tell three different stories about kind of the beginning of Marvel, uh, the time frame of the beginning of Marvel. So you have uh, Wolverine in the 1940s during World War II, you got a, a Captain America book, and then you have a, a Namor book. Um, Charles Soule doing the Wolverine book. He's been doing a pretty bang-up job with Hot Claws. Hot, hot Claws. They get so incredibly hot. <laughs> he, he did it. He made the Hot Claws. He made That's the Hot Charles. Claws. That's Charles Soule. Charles Soule, your, your boy. Yeah, my boy. You're the love of your life. Hot Claws. Uh, it's Jonathan Hickman, and everybody knows it <laughs> when it comes I to writing. I don't know. You're a, you're a soul boy. I, I am a soul, soul. Soul. It'll be a soul man, but you know. Well, it's Paul, so he'd be a boy. Oh. <laughs> um, I it. It's the only thing that I could find. I'd be in the same boat as Chris if I haven't picked back issues for like the last five trade and Paul or uh, the last five <laughs> of these. It's um, it's been a slow comic book tail end of the year. You know, yeah. There's, like I kind of said in our look back, there's nothing that's really 
grab me. Did, did I this mention is, that actually on the show or not? I don't where, think I don't know. What do where you I was say? like saying that you know, there's no book that I really feel like I missed out by not reading. Yeah, you didn't say that on the like, show. I don't no think book. you even said that to us like pre-show. <laughs> I thought I said it no. as pre-show. Like when I was trying to make up my list of the comic books that I was looking, you know, look back at that were the best of the year. Because I'm like, there's, I don't feel bad about missing really anything. No, uh, I, it, the when we were the diehard comic book fans, there were so many things happening that we couldn't not read them, right. and we were buying stacks of comic books. There's so many things. I find it so hard to find a superhero comic book that engages me right. and brings me along. And uh, Vendetti's last run on the Green Lantern books were the only thing that kind of came close to that. Um, and even like uh, Detective Comics mm-hmm. with um, with their stories, but even then they found felt a little like they they dragged a little bit. And I've I've had a hard time finding that same high that I used to have. I've, I've I don't know if I've just gotten Mr. Miracle. Yeah, I've you've just gotten, gotten immune to the to the the comic book drug. Or but we've aged out of it, and we've seen it before. Well, uh, I, maybe we, we maybe think, you have gotten used to it. I think it's something that I think we talked about briefly before, but I think we have such a more available way to get that content now, just with like movies and TV shows that's done well, like. It's, Serialized storytelling is being done well other places. Yeah, I mean, it's not even just like the comic book or superhero movies and TV shows. There's mm-hmm. like some really good content coming out. Uh, so we'll, we'll probably be talking about in our look forward segment, but I think I'm watching more TV and movies now than I was back when I was hardcore into the comic books. And even before we got back into comics, I was playing a lot more video games that took the place of the comics that I used to read. And after that, it was anime. Like, I think it's just kind of cyclical. Like, I still enjoy what I partake of, but right now it's just kind of waxing and waiting. There's other things that may be a little bit more of a priority for me. But I, I still love comics. I still consider us a comic book podcast. You know, I'm champing at the bit for the next time that we can do a look back or trade policy because that means hey i have a reason to go back and consume more of this art form that i do love right and and i well now whenever i do one of my picks for the list i'm looking for a number one just because Mm -hmm. i'm like oh maybe something new will re-spark that love like we've been talking about and uh my pick is star wars age of republic special number one uh the list of writers is too much because this is an anthology book. It's Ooh. a bunch of different stories, and I love an anthology you book. You love an anthology. Yeah, that's why I thought you were going to do the Valentine's Day DC book. Yeah. Well, actually, the past two have been decent. The Day of the Beach one and also, was it the Halloween one or the Christmas I think one? the Halloween one was okay. Okay. No, it was awful. Remember it had that Superboy killing uh, Ma Kent in the truck? There, there was nothing redeeming about it. Okay. There was one. There was Day of the Beach the, one. Was the Marvel good. one was really bad. That was the one that I bought for the show. We didn't even read it. And then you cancel it. You're yeah. like, now don't even bother reading it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, but you know, this goes back to uh, basically right where the Clone Wars is happening. Uh, 
See, we didn't get enough cool stuff with the Clone Wars. Aside from the TV series. The cartoon series was amazing. And, you know, and that's what... I kind of want to see more of Ventress. Like, Ventress, for whatever reason, is a character that I'm like... Dude, she's got two lightsabers. She seems dark, but there might be some redemption to her. Uh, Did you hear that? Yes, I did. We heard a a cartoon on your end, Chris. Yeah, John made reference. Pretty good. In a very good way. I liked it. Uh, And Captain Rex from the cartoon series, Clone Wars, is an amazing character as well. Is Rex the one that shows up in uh, Rebels? Yeah. That's that's the same guy? Yeah, that's uh, Rex... Uh, Wolf and Cody, I want to say. But yeah, Rex is like the main one. Yeah. Uh, but which is the clone trooper that shows up in Rebels? Yeah, Rex. Oh, Rex. Yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, because there's the ep- like episode where there's the, the three of them and they're out like in the, the wastes on like the Old Republic walker. But yeah, that's Captain Rex. Yeah, Paul. I haven't caught up on Rebels. I bought the season one on uh, Amazon and then have not watch past like episode four because i'm just don't make the time to do it It, it's good and it's like uh it's like growing pains in the beginning and then they kind of find where they're gonna go with it Mm. and then like season two is when you're like boom 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 this shit is great mm. so it's growing pains you have to deal with boner quite a bit character from (laughs) it's a character from growing pains the 1980s sitcom his name was boner well, it was. If I can throw out that fact, I will. <laughs> Any opportunity I can. Yeah, it's just not, always a huge, it's not like a huge fact <laughs> that you're going to mind blow it's somebody. Funny. It's funny. But it's uh, Age funny. of uh, Republic uh, from Marvel Comics, number one. Yeah, uh, this was. I was on the fence about this one because there's some stuff coming out of it that I, I might like. I always love an anthology book. It's just not coming out of the best. Like, uh, era of Star Wars storytelling, but you know, this could turn right. around. Like this I really enjoyed the Obi Wan and Anakin book that came out. So this this could sway me. The prequels have a lot of problems. But they introduced a lot of characters that have some really cool grit to them that I think should be explored more. But here's the thing, the prequels set this stuff up. It was more of the cartoon that, that fleshed them out. That, and that, no that created those characters right like ventress was kind of seen in the background right was no. she ever seen yeah, in the background yeah she's just no she was around uh in the clone wars not in rebels but clone wars definitely in the yeah but in the tv show not in the movies yeah okay yeah anyone cool or anything cool that happened that you think of in the clone Wars as the prequel era happened in the tv, TV shows. shows not the movies mm. so it's a cool era as long as you just don't include the prequel movies. Yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> you, you got to think, between movie two and movie three... Is all the cool stuff. <laughs> is all the cool stuff. Like, there's the only thing that happened was, was Obi-Wan riding that giant lizard and taking out General Grievous. With a blaster. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't remember. If he kills him with a blaster. He cool. Says, how on Silly Blast. I don't know. John. But we're back. John, what? You have a book to read too. I did mine. Did you? 
yeah, yeah, he started. I did mine right after you because oh. Paul went to go take a whiz. Yeah. He's doing the pee pee dance over there. And he, mm-hmm. I'm glad he got up and left. But we're in our main topic now, unless there's something more dramatic to do. And now, a dramatic reading from Fantastic Four, volume Whoever Knows, issue one, page four, panel two. That we, heh, you know, maybe these little fuzz buckets ain't so horrible. And that was a dramatic reading from Fantastic Four. Why issue you do one. Voice while you do it. You know that's the voice of the. <laughs> I thought Chris was reading. No. That's why I picked the thing with the cats all over them. Because <laughs> he picked for me. I thought Chris, I. Chris, have for you him. noticed that I've been liking every picture you put up with cats? No, I, I haven't. But uh, he only put up one picture of cats. Anyways, <laughs> and I liked it as well. That's not. Like that's not even one. my cat. I was cat sitting for someone. <laughs> Issue one. Uh, Page four, panel two. Dramatic. There it is. Do you guys have another, topic. another beer you want to uh, talk about? Uh, we'll no, go we're mid. Still, we're still sipping on this other one, so we'll, we'll get to it maybe in a couple segments or so. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, like we said up at the front of the show, we are now looking forward to the year of 2019. And, man, like there's some decent stuff coming out that I know we're going to be talking about. So I tried my best to not pick any of that kind of stuff for the movies that I'm looking forward to because we're going to be talking about it ad nauseum as it releases and then mm-hmm. like after it's been released. So it, this was this was hard. So listeners, don't worry. I picked the exact things that are on the nose because that's all I look forward to because <laughs> I don't really oh, know also, anything. I else. will still gladly talk about all of them. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. I was just trying to uh, just, like branch out. So, comic book podcast. So, will we start with a comic book character that we think is going to have the breakout year this year. Sure. Is that yeah. is that what we do? Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I'll start right away. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis came over to DC. I think he had a strong run on Man of Steel. I don't like uh, Rexall or that creepy character that destroyed Krypton. Oh uh, yeah. Is he but still kicking around? He's still kicking around. Wow. You know, it's Brian Michael Bendis, because that guy's <laughs> still kicking, kicking around. around. But I really think Superman, 2019, Superman is going to have a good breakout year. I know he's a, a evergreen character. So what I'm going to say here is to to signify that he had a breakout year is that he's going to be the linchpin of a, of a major event. That is larger than that stupid Krypton Wars. Remember how the new Krypton was around? Oh, yeah. And it, yeah. And the, the yeah. war took, like, it was like two minutes. Yeah. Because everyone was, was moving at super speed. Mm-hmm. And it was stupid. And you have all those. That have, miniseries and all the crossovers. And you have with, all the DC cartoon movies coming out. All those. The oh, yeah. The Reign of Superman. Of super, Reign, Reign of Death the Superman. of Superman is being re-released. Or redone. Yeah. And now you're also getting the Reign of the Superman. So I think DC is going to have a really strong Superman year where he's the linchpin of most of the storylines. At least one cross major crossover event that is better than New Krypton was uh, is going to happen in 2019. No prior knowledge. I know nothing. But, you know, Brian Michael Bendis is helming that ship, and I think he's getting it on course. I really do. And I've been he's been on that, that book. book for, what, like 
six, seven months already. Well, Man of Steel was a weekly comic, so I think maybe four to, four to five months. Still, almost half a year. Yeah, almost. I'm just, I'm just, yeah, here, I'm yeah. just, I'm just putting that out there. Like he's yeah. been doing this, and now he's getting it. Yeah, on yeah. the right track. Mm-hmm. I mean, issue, so, Superman issue seven is coming out, so yeah, a half a year now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I think Superman's going to have a breakout year. I was thinking you guys would be like, Paul, come on, Superman. He, it's he, how can he have a breakout year? He's like always around in DC. So no, uh, I mean he's, I mean he's the, the the trilogy, you know, the Trinity, Trinity, la 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 la, Trinity. He's Trinity. that. Write that down for an episode. Doc. Doing it already. Um, I don't know. Deal with Boner is going to be. It's <laughs> up there for episode title. But I think like he's he's been around, but he's needed some. He's definitely needed some guidance. His mm-hmm. book's been off the rails. Uh, I think the most interesting stuff is when they killed they killed the new Fifty Two Superman and mm-hmm. brought in Lois and Jonathan mm-hmm. into this world and made him. Superman and now they got to kill off him fighting with Lex Luthor, who's wearing the the Superman s costume as well. Like all that stuff was very interesting. It didn't get me to read, but I did follow that stuff, mm-hmm. and I actually did read and enjoy the Bendis Superman. Uh, the fact that what's his name still around seven issues of that and five issues of uh, Action Comics seems like he's been mm-hmm. around way too much. Well, Action Comics deals more with like what's happening in Metropolis oh, and that Superman. Series? He did the Man series and then Man he did the actual series. Yeah, because that was Man the Man of Steel. Man of Steel. We and then the is he doing just Superman or is he doing He's Action doing Comics? Both. So Action Comics deals more with what's happening in Metropolis and what's happening with Daily Planet, and then Superman is more of the like overall like world story. So he's writing both? Yes. And he's gonna be picking up Titans. Yes. He he has picked up Titans. Yeah, that's a lot of shit. That's too much. That's when that's when Bendis starts losing it when he starts taking out too much stuff onto his plate. Three bucks, yeah, three bucks a month. That's a lot of bucks. Uh, but he has plants. He's got plants. But he anyways, said there's. But anyway, that Man okay. of Steel, that Man of Steel series, mm-hmm. what five five issues? Uh, five or six, yeah. And now seven issues. So uh, the seven issue of Superman's still, coming on out this there? month, this week. He's still there? I think he's still around. Yeah, he's still around. He's But he's not. He's like that big villain that was set up, and now he's kind of away, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Supergirl's going out to find where he is. Like, he's, he's overarching ca- villain. He's the overarching villain. He's not showing up every issue, okay. but, you know, he's... Okay. He's just, the, just trying to get all of it in. He's, he's trying the, to take it all in. He's the Gandalf, or, or the... Uh, you bring it up, and then you don't have oh all the goodness. facts for me, and I have to ask the questions. Right. You ask questions, though. I'll try to answer them as best Chris, as possible. Chris, what's your character? Um, guys, we are officially now living in the age of the B and C-list character. Some might even say the D-list characters. Um, Aquaman is a billion-dollar movie. Yeah, we didn't talk about that up at the front of the show, but... It's grossed a billion Thanks, dollars. Thanks, China. Uh, Wonder Woman, yeah, we know her as more top tier as comic book fans, but... She's part of the Trinity. She's part of the Trinity. John says. The Trinity. Uh, much of them, like, the larger movie-going public, like, they're like, wow, okay, Wonder Woman. We've got Captain Marvel coming out this year. We had Black Panther last year. Uh, 
characters like Deadpool and Harley Quinn are now part of the public lexicon. And I really think this year, also being in a movie, Shazam, a.k.a. the other original Captain Marvel, is going to have his time to shine. Um, Man, you took... I thought you were doing Aquaman. You really went full circle. I, I, I looked yeah, at but, Cap- but no. And I will say this, Chris, your your pick is the same as mine. Wow. Is it because he can floss? He does floss. That dance that kids uh, do? No, I... I, I, can, I don't know that dance because I'm too old. And you also don't play Fortnite. Ask the people you work with. Uh, I should. Uh, there was a floss cam uh, at the Sabres game I went to. Listen, where you they asked Ka- Katy Perry's tits, and that came out with a Katy Perry thing. Did it? Yeah, yeah it was a little little kid with a knapsack did the floss, and that was the big shit. Oh, don't realize. Yep, that would be too long of a title, but I do like that. <laughs> the little kid with a knapsack, and that was the big shit. Uh, but no, I think I thought you were going to say you like Katy Perry's tits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just a statement of fact. That doesn't work as a title. Uh, I don't know. I don't necessarily see this translating over into the comic book side of things. They've tried multiple, multiple times just to scream Shazam to the skies and just lightning's never struck with it. But I think... Ooh, nicely done. Thank you. I think this year, like, it's gonna open people up more to the fact that, like, hey, there are more DC characters out there besides Superman and Batman that we keep getting the movies for. People already are starting to love and appreciate the other random characters like Flash and Captain Cold like Black Canary Arrow like they all have popular series that have been running for years now Uh, I think it's good maybe that Justice League failed because now it's making Warner Brothers and DC focus on more character than just spectacle I think that's what they need Uh, yeah and I mean we have a a Shazam series just started that isn't that isn't bad. I enjoyed it when we do a is it uh, Jeff Johns, the last right? three months Frank? look back uh, for comic books. We can review it. Uh, I believe it is I believe it is Jeff Johns. Well, because then they, then they do a Shazam before that we didn't like because it was just Billy being like really mean spirited. Yeah, right. yeah, it was it was the one that was the backup issues in Justice League, and that was four years ago. Okay. Yeah, because they tried to make him a like a punk kid. Yeah, he was a, he was like the bad apple kid that nobody wanted to adopt. Yeah. Uh, this one, he's he's a little more. He needs to be Rapunzel. Yeah, he's a little more innocent. Uh... Yeah, and I will say that about basically every character. They need to be a little bit more Rapunzel because that, that's just what I believe. Um, so I just took a sip of my, my beer that I was looking forward to. And you know, I am underwhelmed. Yeah. Blah. I don't even want to finish drinking it. Whoa. I don't think it's that. Well, I've only taken one sip, so. Um. But anyways, well, let's keep on going with this. But yeah, I think, I think. Because you movie, also picked th- This movie is going to introduce people to this character that have no idea who it is. And I think a lot of it, what was the appeal back in the, way back when this character was first introduced and was bigger than Superman was the fact that it is a kid who got superpowers and is now a superhero, but he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to resonate with a lot of a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get people who are going to want to read these books, and hopefully they can get some classic stories, some of those stories that we liked back in the day with Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Even if you think back at the, um, the, the Teen Titans show, um, when he appeared in that, and he kept... 
Shazam kept wanting to hang out with all the teenager kids, mm-hmm. and nobody understood why he wanted to go trick or treating with them or why he wanted well, to do that. This. Was in uh, Justice Society of America as well, the comic book that you know we yeah. were James Robinson and well Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. And I mean, those are the things that I think are the the the, the things that really touch that character. Mm-hmm. Is it is still a kid in there, and when they can really take that into consideration. It's what makes that character really, really interesting. It's big meat superheroes. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a really strong pick. I think that's better than mine. But, you know. So why don't we go into uh, the sh- shows or series that we are looking forward to coming out. But whether it be on <coughs> sorry, TV, streaming... Mm-hmm. Uh, any of those, right? We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Paul looked at me so blankly, like, "Well, I was supposed well, to do that." No, it, it was shows. it was in the um, yeah, we talked the thread, about and you're like, "Oh, shows." And, and then John John gave you a gimme. <laughs> yeah, he gave me three gimme. Yeah, I, I picked them for you. Yeah, but I still want to talk about at least one of them, and that'll be my number one. Somebody else start off this list because I started off the last one. Chris, me. I don't want to take one of Paul's, um, so I'm just. You can, you I, may, because I might not mention no, it. I, I don't two. remember what was else, uh, what else was given in that besides the the big one. So I'm going to go. So I'm looking at my notes, and I did a lot of shorthand. I don't know what it means now. Uh, I'm going to go with the ending, the part two of season four of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt over on Netflix. I've really enjoyed the show coming from uh, Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, uh, co-conspirators over on 30 Rock, another one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Unbreakable Kitty Schmidt, it took me a couple episodes to get into it. It tried to just be ridiculous and then real world, but then they just kind of doubled down like they did on 30 Rock with, no, everyone in this world's crazy, just lean into it. Uh, it became a lot of fun, and I was really sad to hear that they were only going to have four seasons. I was even sadder last year when I only had like six episodes come out, and then a fake documentary about uh, Reverend John Wayne Gary Wayne. Uh, if you're not aware of what I'm talking about, go back onto Netflix. It's called Party Monster. Uh, it's actually told in story in the TV series, but they did a fake documentary about the Reverend that sealed them underground and made them the Indiana Mole Women. It's fantastic. Um, but they broke the last season up into two parts and had to wait like eight months to get part two. Uh, I'm sad it's ending. I'm glad I get to see it finally, though. Uh, but yeah, I just can't wait to see where everyone from this show goes next because, again, it's going to be like a Michael Schur thing where as soon as you have that crew together on a TV show, I'm going to watch it, especially if you have Titus Andromeda in it again. He's fantastic. He is very shiny. Uh, I've never gotten into Kimmy Schmidt. I know my wife watches it. Um, Carol Kane is like the crazy landlord. Fantastic. uh, Everything about this show just sings. Everyone I've seen in it and clips that I've seen, I've liked it. I've just never gotten around to sitting down and watching it. 
when Carol Keene enters the scene, does she just yell liar? <laughs> um, she yells a lot of random stuff. Like at one oh. point in season three, she's tied herself to a bulldozer and she's yelling at like a rat carrying a piece of pizza to come save her. Like she's actually like batshit crazy in the show. Man. Wait a second. A rat or a rat of unusual size? A, it's just a regular rat. It's, pe- ah. it's pizza rat. It's a recurring character. Um, okay. Everyone just leans into it so well. I'm sorry. With Carol King, I'm going to keep on making Princess Bride's references. That, I'm just, that's, 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 okay. that's all I'm going to do. She's actually aged to the point where she does look like the, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. the witch. <laughs> she, looks like, she looks like that witch, or she does look like the grandma in uh, uh, Adam's family? Uh, combination of both. I forgot she was combination of both. Uh, I keep on trying to convince Kate. I want to dress up as a Gomez Adams, and I want Kate to dress up as you know Morticia Adams because because you want to see that cleavage out and about. Well, one yes, one. And why why aren't you dressing up as Wednesday? <laughs> I do love Wednesday. You do love but, but when I grew growing up with in a one TV household, as I did, and I'm going to talk about. This is not a '90s car- uh, '90s television series, but what for whatever reason, the Adams family, Morticia and Gomez Adams, was the pinnacle of romance for me growing up. I'm like that is that is couples goals right there. Uh, they just are, love each other. Are you saying your pick for movies is going to be the Adams family animated coming up? Because it does is look it, really good. Is it? Yeah. There's a movie coming out. Yeah, animated movie. Oscar, it looks fucking fantastic. Oscar Isaac oh, is going to. Yeah, like a uh, really good voice casting too. I should I should pick that. <clears throat> you should pick that. And what's this? Is that a movie? Yeah. yeah, it's a movie. Oh, I'm gonna pick yeah, that. Yeah, go for it. Pick movie. that. I know nothing about it except for what you guys just talked to me about. But, but yes, yeah. everything seems awesome. No, well, what, yes. one of us is talking. You can just Google it because yeah, it's got. A I will Google cast. it. Yeah, look it up. Uh, my pick uh, is gonna be the last and final season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, it's a series that I uh, I really enjoy. I tried to read the books. Those are tough. Mm-hmm. Those are very tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've watched the the series. Um, I think by the time the third season was out, I went and watched first two seasons, and then from four on is one that I've uh, I, I've been keeping up with it. But it's actually something that like my dad and I started getting together, and then when I met my wife, all three of us would get together and watch the series together, um, just have a fun time. We would get. Um, We'd get a pizza, or we'd get dinner, and we'd sit and uh, and we'd watch the series. So I'm I'm looking forward to the final conclusion of this. Not only that, it's only six episodes long, and each episode's almost two hours long, if not two hours long. So you're almost getting like a movie's worth of a show uh, for the entire season. And, then and after, it's the uh, Carnival isn't this <coughs> the most expensive show that HBO's done, or was that Rome? Uh, I think, I think uh, Carnival, I think Rome was really expensive, but yeah, this is the most expensive. But it's also the thing that, like, when it airs, they'll crash their, <clears throat> they'll crash their, uh, their servers on online use because they have HBO Go and they have HBO Now. HBO Now, they actually got together with um, the company that created and does the. Uh, the baseball app where people can watch the baseball games mm-hmm. live and you'd have millions of people watching like Oakland A's play a game, but 
it actually crashed when people went to watch Game of Thrones. Like, there was too many people got HBO now and, and just broke the system. I'm just so happy John knows that the Oakland A's are a baseball team. <laughs> I'm so proud of them. You know, we we play a lot of really dumb with sports with you, but both Chris and I do know things about sports. I know. And we just but love we, to drive you crazy. You do drive me crazy with me. <coughs> so annoying. Uh, but it's it's. I'm looking forward to where they left off last season. Guess they're like four year olds with me with the whole sports things. Like I was hanging out with a four year old, so I know how they drive people crazy. Hey, sports. We like to play games uh, like in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The best sports game we've ever played is the game we've played on you. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the sports games were inside of us the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> The real sports games were the friends Swish, we made along three the way. Points. That's called a hatchet. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. All right. So I'm going to ask this question. Which one are – is somebody else not going to talk about either Sabrina the Teenage Witch Season 2 or Stranger Things Season 3? Uh, they're, go for both yeah, of them. Say, they're both on my list, but I have other things to talk about. So go for so it. So I'm going to go with uh, Stranger Things Season 3. Ah, I think I got more to talk about with Sabrina. <laughs> so I'm going with Sabrina. So yeah, but this is your number three. If we got more things to talk about Sabrina... Yeah, but I got other two. shows that I want to talk about more than both of them. Uh, so Sabrina the Teenage Witch left off with a really good cliffhanger before the Christmas episode, by the before way. Before the Christmas episode. Uh, which is basically part of the series. Yeah, it's, you have to watch it's it. must watch. It's, it's definitely much watch. But she signs her name in the blindness. Sorry. Spoilers! Spoilers! Uh, she signs her name in the black book. Her hair turns white. She's no longer blonde. Uh, and at which point, when she's signing her name in the black book, I'm yelling, no, 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 no. And Kate's, like, hitting me to shut me up. And I can't stop saying no to the television screen. The only thing that bugged me about that series was looking at all the other signatures that came before hers and then seeing her sign her name and be like, your penmanship needs work. Well, you know, she's young. They were all teenagers when they signed their names in the book, though. Yeah, but she was never that excited. She was never that excited about signing her name in that book, so she never took her three-ring binder and just kept on signing her name over and over. She's doing mash with Satan. Yeah, (laughs) she never. She was never that excited. Uh, I don't like that she signed her name in the book. I, I, I thought it was great that she was this, going to be this character that rebelled against the establishment, and there she was. And well, now, she did. You, had, like a, at you the, had a whole season of that. Now they need to yeah. turn it around. Yeah. And I, I kind of want more of that, because there's nothing that the actress does better than righteous indignation about what is happening. Like, that's the scenes that I buy her character the most, is when she's like, No. We can't just let him die just because he's a mortal. You know? Like, you're not right, Aunt Zelda. Like, when she's saying those lines, those are the lines that I believe. Like, when she's, like, with Harvey, and she's, like, kind of being doty and loving on him, I'm like, I don't really believe her as an actress. But, man, righteous indignation. She pulls oh, off so well. Oh, so well. And that's what I want more from the series. I'm a little nervous that now that she signed her name in the Black Book, I'm kind of summarizing since John came back. Uh, I heard you the whole time. But I, I won't get that so much uh, righteous indignation. But the Christmas episode. It was a good yeah, episode. It was a great episode. And also, 
Gives me a little bit of that righteous indignation. <laughs> a little taste. A little bit. Like it. Like it. Like it. So I'm looking forward to uh, season two so much. So much more than uh, a little bit more. Just a tiny bit more than Stranger Things hanging out in a shopping uh, mall. Because shopping malls are just tech shelters that need to die. There, so, well, there we go. Yeah, but I mean, with the mall and everything, I mean that's so that's eighties. It's eighties. That's eighty movies. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. love um, shopping uh, mall. Shopping mall. Yeah, shopping mm-hmm. mall. It's fucking fantastic. It's such a Day good, of the Dead. Such a good bad movie. Day of the Dead. Yeah, classic again. Also in the mall. The the hit uh, Canadian pop song, Let's Go to the Mall. Yes. Uh, if you may. I may not. I can't think of the name of the movie. <laughs> the, I the, great, the, the greatest episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Right. The one where it's the pinball machine game. Are you thinking about Mall Rats? Uh, no, I was, okay. I was thinking oh, also, I was thinking of Mannequin. But that was in the 90s, Mall Rats. And also, I guess, Are You Afraid of the Dark, that episode, where it's a pinball machine that happens all yeah, the Yeah, but late 80s, 90s. It all, it all fits in yeah. the mall culture. Yeah. Chopping mall's oh. really good, though. And, and Mannequin. There you go. And mannequin. Chris, so, yes. you're number two. Uh, again, let me, let me go to the list. Um... This probably should be my number one, but I'm afraid John's gonna sneak it, so I'll talk about something else. Um, mine already came out, and I'm excited that it's back. I watched it last night, but this is the return of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Cancelled over at Well, last Fox. night. That's 2019. That's, I mean, it's 2019, mm-hmm. technically. It's just weird mm-hmm. to talk about something I'm looking forward to when it's already happened. Um, but, again, it's it's Michael Schur. It's on NBC. I love The Office. I love Parks and Rec. Love Brooklyn Nine Nine. Love Good Place. So yeah, you know more Brooklyn Nine Nine coming back. Sign me up. Um, they don't miss a beat. It picks up exactly where the original show left off. Exactly, they have a flashback in case you don't remember what happened at the end of the season. Uh, I'm just happy to have my shows back because we also had the return of Good Place on Thursday as well with the uh, mm-hmm. second half of their season coming back from hiatus. Uh, my wife and I, since we had the last show and you talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and I said, oh, I wanted to get back into watching it. I fell off of it. We've uh, been watching it. We've watched probably like four or five, maybe six episodes a night. We have a baby. So we're up four or five times during the night doing feedings. She's... Uh, I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at you. She's she's got uh, she's I'm feeding the baby. She's she's pumping her breast. She's getting uh, she's collecting all the milk for the baby. And uh, what's the other motions that John does? Is, hey hey, that's the thing. Listen, you haven't seen this. It's a sight. A new Patreon level, even though we're not on Patreon, is just to put John on video just for his hand motions. Uh, but what are we watching? So- uh, we're watching Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, <clears throat> it is a great show. We'll we'll be caught up soon enough because yeah, you had a baby. Yeah, night, we're watching. No, we're watching these things. They're they're easy watches <clears throat> too. Like, and the thing is, is it's it's the same thing that I loved about the the um, Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. is the characters are all likable. The characters, in the end, always do the right thing. They might be a little jerky here or there, mm-hmm. but in the end, they're always going to be good. They're always going to be nice. And they're fu- they're just fun, entertaining mm-hmm. episodes. And they're fun, and it, it borders on doing the police procedural with this like wacky gang of like misfits so well because the show can go like really dark if it needed to, but it doesn't get bogged by, uh, bogged down by the fact that they're they're investigating crimes like there's murders that happen on this show but it's all oh. no it's undercut really well just by the fact that you know Andy Samberg's character um, Detective Peralta wants to be the best detective he is he now feels like he needs to constantly prove himself to the new captain that's come in because this guy just doesn't care about anything because anything that Peralta's done, he's already done and lived through. Uh, it's it's a great captain cast. Holt, Raven Holt. Is- hey, wait, Raymond Holt. Uh, and is Terry Crews on the show? He, is. he, he plays. Show. He plays- oh, this is the show where they blackmailed him, being like, "Hey, Terry Crews, this this is your role if you want it." And if you don't take it, just realize we're naming this character Terry. Yeah, it's Sergeant Terry. Just so you know, every time that we say his name, we're talking about you, and you're not here to be that character. He's great on the show. Everybody is great on the show. Everyone is pitch perfect. And the thing that I really enjoy is <clears throat> every once in a while, there's a character called Rosa who's real stone face. Mm-hmm. She's kind of this tough New York woman. Yeah, she's like the badass and- cop. In Bax's scenes, like when you're not supposed to notice her, she's laughing during scenes. Oh. Like you can catch her mm-hmm. her breaking that character because what's going on is so much so funny. And it's like at the end of season one, uh, with Peralta when he's like, And your mother and your mother. You see her in the sideline just with this smile, trying to look away from camera. But not being able to keep herself from laughing. Oh, and the Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Oh, oh, of the cast. Of the okay. cast, yeah. But it's it's Turn such a good like show, a and there, everything is so it's so fun. But it is that it's that Parks and Rec thing, mm-hmm. and the two guys wrote for Parks and Rec. Like they they kind of brought that over as like the characters don't need to be mean and nasty all the time, mm-hmm. and when they are mean and nasty, at the end of it, they come up and they say, "I'm sorry, I was mean and oh. nasty." And I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to do this again. And that's the world we want to that live in. transitions that 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 character keeps everybody keeps growing. Everybody keeps learning. And then when they've learned that, they don't do it again. You know, they don't oh, really do it good. again. It's not a reset. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like an amazing it's, show. It's really it should good. be my number one. <laughs> uh, it is. Go, go back watch it. I think you'll appreciate it. <clears throat> I'll give you the Hulu password again. Okay. Thank you. Uh, my number two is I want to get caught up on another show, and that the show just went over a huge regeneration. Uh, first time oh, a female yeah. has been the character, and I did not catch it. Uh, BBC America is just one of those channels I never turn into. Uh, Are you tur- I, you're turning into a channel? It, well, I never tune in. I should just said tune into a channel. Uh, Nine point five percent beer. 9.5% beer. Just 9%. Oh, 9% beer and a 6.2. And I stopped at Burger King to grab a Whopper Junior oh, before showing up here. That's why I was late to the show. Uh, <laughs> I had a pancake for breakfast and that Whopper Junior and a small fry. 
so I made Puerto Rican rice and beans, and I only had a bowl of that. Good. I thought we were talking about breakfast food. I didn't eat anything because I, I was up until six a.m. and then I went to sleep, and then woke up. I was like, "All right, time to show." Hey, you don't even have a baby. I don't. <laughs> it's not a competition. I'm just letting people know why I'm so drunk right now. Uh, you can be drunk for this other beer reasons. This beer will sober you up. Let's talk about this beer, Paul. We were talking about the show, but okay. Let's talk about, we'll time machine it, because it's apropos. What beer are and we, we are drinking? drinking Red Army, the beer we drank previously, the 2018 variant Russian Imperial, 9%, 16-ounce can versus mm-hmm. bottle. And I thought the can would hold up better than the bottle. And by God, I was wrong. This beer is lousy. It's not lousy. It's it's not as full-flavored. It's not as depth. It's, it's not as there is well-rounded. nothing. It is a watery alcohol stout. There's nothing redeeming about this. Going from a three-year-old bottle to a or a one two-year-old year. bottle to a one-year-old bottle, you would expect what we are drinking now to be double that flavor. And this is worse. If you told me this was the three-year-old and that was or two-year-old and that was the one-year-old, mm-hmm. I would believe you. This is this is no good. Mid palate, a lot of chocolate. Mid palate, a lot of chocolate. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it, it does have a watery first bite but take hold it in your tongue you get a lot of chocolate on the mid palate you get a little bit of smokiness on the back end it's the flavors don't tell me this is good i'm not telling you it's good this is not good it's not beer did not hold up i don't know what went wrong (laughs) but you're i you're not you can't you're trying you're trying to fight this because you love this beer no 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 i'm trying to Everything you say, I can agree with, but but I don't want to just say yes and then sit here like nothing. There's nothing. There's nothing redeeming about this. Mid palate is mid palate. Mid palate. It's not, it almost redeems. It, if you want just a boozy alcoholic <laughs> drink, I don't. Like go I ahead have and get another can of this. I sent, you, I sent you home with your can. Yes, I like, brought my can, and you're sending me home with mine. And I will not feel bad about drinking it later when I just like I just want to drink. Screw it, pop it open. Hey, where's your beer? Your beer? Uh... <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about it yet. I'm still legit. I'm being able <laughs> I'm to do legit. it. I'm still gonna drink it. <laughs> when Chris and I are online and we're playing uh, World of Warcraft together, maybe I'll pop this open and be like, "This is my drink for the day." And it's, it's not I. There's no flavor that I'm like disgusted by. There's it's nothing not, wrong not with it bad. where I'm it's like, not, oh, I gotta not, toss this it's out. It's not good. It's not as good as that. It is a. It is a. It's it a is, mediocre stout. It's a mediocre stout. Thank you. It's a less than. It's an also and of what we just had. It's. Oh, guys, I'm a stout too. Yes. <laughs> oh, guys, I'm a stout too. <laughs> you know, it's one of those beers where it's an off year for them. It's not great. It has a good chocolate notes, mid-palate-wise. It comes in with a smokiness on the back end, but up front, there's nothing. It does feel watery in the mouthfeel. I've had worse stouts. 
I've had a ton of better stouts, but that's because we drink quite a bit. <laughs> and apparently from talking with John this episode, I drink a quite a bit more than John. Uh, but would I rather have a better half? Yes. Would I rather have anything else? There's some stouts that I would still... I wouldn't want a Guinness more than this. I would drink a Guinness over this. I wouldn't have a Guinness more than this. I, I totally would. Okay. Well, good for you. What man. about this? Like, I mean, a Guinness is smooth. It's rich. It's easy drinking. It's rich mouthfeel. It's not rich flavor wise. It's got a. De- it's got a. It's as decent of a flavor as no. This, this is. This is. There's much nothing to this. Back end. There's so much more dark chocolate. Back end. You said middle of the palate. Middle of the palate. You got that chocolate. The back end ah, with the smoky richness is there's there. There's no smoky richness. It's just. It's a. It's a. A light watered down molasses that rolls on the middle of the palate, and then just kind of goes. I'm acrid. I don't get acrid. It's just ugh. because I've had acrid beers, and I say that I, I honestly and I will review them as earwax. I continue to sip on this to see if it changes at all. If mm-hmm. I get acclimated to it, and there's nothing there, I don't want to drink any more of this. I keep on drinking it, and I don't hate it. And I've most of the way through. It's there's nothing no- you, you don't. There's nothing to it. There's n- that's why you don't hate it. It's because it, it just is. I would drink a Guinness over this. I would drink almost any stout over this. Would you put whipped cream on your Guinness and then drink? No, that Guinness? I wouldn't put whipped cream on it. <laughs> Sorry, you know how the faced listener. I was when I went to <laughs> my local bar it's that I was listener. a regular at, it's and went up with show. Greg and the bartender. He goes, out. "Can you put a thing of whipped no, cream?" You, on it? And she looked at she. She looked at me, He's and our I only was listener. like, I'm sorry. He's and our I gave only her listener, tip. and you're throwing him under the bus. Tip. I tipped her extra and said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry as for whipped cream on his Guinness. Still enjoying this more <laughs> than I would just a plain Guinness. Because, you know why? Because a plain Guinness I can get at any time. This is terrible. No, you... You you stood in line in February in the cold to get this, and it didn't hold up. There's nothing about this that it holds up. It doesn't hold up to, up that. to that. And that's what it's supposed to taste like. It's supposed to taste like a better version than that two-year-old. Well, and this is less than. This two-year-old, maybe it should have aged into it. I don't know. It's less than the 2017. I will say that. Yes, I agree. Because 2017, rich, full-bodied throughout. This is watery up front. I don't mind it. Mid-palate and aftertaste, though. We're just going to keep going around in circles. We will agree to disagree. (laughs) I will... And where are we on the show? Uh, Well, I was going to talk about the beer that I would have been drinking today, but I drank it the other night after I got home. Um, And this is actually a beer we had talked about previously on the show at the beginning of 2018. Uh, but this is a collaboration between Waihe Saban, uh, the oldest brewery in the world, started operation in 1040, and Sierra Nevada. And this was their brow pact. Uh, picked up a bottle. It was a bomber for $1.99 at my local Ooh. beer store. I, what a great bargain. I know why it was $1.99 because it had definitely been out on the shelf for far too long. As soon as they started to pour it, it just foamed up right away. It was a really thick, like, bready, yeasty, uh, 
head on the top of it. I really had to let it sit for a while before I could actually try to pour in a little bit more, and then I had to let that sit. You still got it's almost a year. It's yeah. almost a year old, or uh, Chris. You still got a little bit of like that farmhouse spice from it, but it was just so watery. Everything else from the beer was gone. I regret paying the dollar ninety nine for it. I mean, it was something to drink <laughs> at night instead of water, I guess. But <clears throat> I kind of wish I had picked it up previously when. Because it had been on the shelf for a while, like I had seen it, but I just kept being like, eh, "I'll pick it up later. I'll pick it up later." Because there was so much other good stuff being released that was limited release stuff that I wanted to get. Uh, and then when I saw it for two dollars, I was like, "All right, yeah, seal the deal on it." And I don't fault either one of those breweries for what they did. I mean, they've been in operation since the year one thousand and forty. They have to be doing something right. Uh, Sierra Nevada also solid brewery. Um, this was just on me for assuming it would have been better, but also not just realizing maybe that no, sometimes beer just doesn't age well on the shelf. We drank this, Paul, um, a Gloomhaven night. Mm. Uh, we probably split a bottle between you, me, and Max. Mm-hmm. It was a decent enough beer. It wasn't anything that really wowed us. I think Max and I were expecting a little bit more because of the wine stuff on. Um, but this is a collaboration. They did this, and it was released through Wine Stefan and their um, <clears throat> their distribution. And then they also teamed up and did their Oktoberfest beer together. So this beer, I believe, came out in March, April, and then the Oktoberfest beer came out in end of August. Uh, the Oktoberfest beer was pretty decent. It wasn't outstanding. I expected a little bit more out of it from them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's Weinstefan. You you pick up the, any of their normal beers, they're going to have um, just classic German-style beers. Uh, right now, you can probably find their uh, – they do a gift set where it's five of their kind of bomber bottles in a, a really beautiful uh, German beer glass – for 15 bucks uh the glass is big enough to hold the whole bomber it's one of those really tall long kind mm-hmm. of pilsnery glasses um and all the beers are really good in it the one I, the only one i don't really like is the vitus which is like a um kind of like a bach and a wheat beer mixed together but no i mean they make great beer one of the oldest see, breweries in the, the the oldest brewery in the world see this i i don't trust untapped because looking at the overall review for it it's at uh 3.67 other people have checked in within the past like hour or 16 hours for it, and they're putting it at, like four or four and a half stars wow. yeah it, you don't know what beer they're supposed- all me yes because it's all for Paul. you don't know what beer's like supposed to taste like at that point like, you you can't put this at anything higher than Did a three you, the- do I have, uh, is my review up? Uh, no, you guys did not check into it. We didn't check in? I, I never check into anything. I know so I had no it. Surprise. I probably, we drank it during Gloomhaven, and I didn't have time to be on my phone. It's a board game. Board game night. Board game night. It's yeah. to review. Paul. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. That's exactly who I was referring to who? when I was talking about it. It's a show I want to catch up on, especially now that there's that new doctor, uh, Jodie Whittaker, has taken over. I did not see any of the up new episodes of that series. I want to catch up, so I'm ready for this next season. Uh, 
I know there's going to be a new showrunner coming up, so... I think the new showrunner started with her. I, I Well, I think it was, like, half and half. Like, Stephen Moffat was still... I don't think Stephen Moffat had anything to do with it. Really? Okay. Well, I'm still excited to see what has changed, what's new, and what's happening with that Doctor. Uh, I did not catch it. It was the back half of 2018. You know, I don't know if they had a Christmas episode or not this year. I don't think they did one this year. Because the season started later. Yeah. So, <clears throat> all the reason why I'm excited to catch it now in 2019. Like, uh, and to go back and catch the, the last half of 2018. There's more. It's it's another one of those things, like, when you saw the transition from Eccleson into David Tennant. David Tennant. And David Tennant spent most of the first episode asleep. And mm-hmm. he still had more gravitas <laughs> than Eccleson. <laughs> It's the same thing with Capaldi. And Capaldi, I think, suffered from writing. And they didn't know exactly know what to do with that character. Mm-hmm. And he just wore that black suit with a shirt with the inside of the coat had this bright red. With, uh, with, with Jody taking over this character, she wears that first episode, she wears his suit like the whole episode mm-hmm. and then at the end she does her the doctor thing and creates her mm-hmm. new episode and as soon as she walks out in that new episode you go god damn that's a doctor who costume like everything about her you're like that pops that's iconic mm-hmm. just a black suit with a collar buttoned all the way to the top with no tie and an angry irishman it's not right it's not iconic her costume iconic uh, we've watched probably the first five episodes um, of the new series, my wife and I, mm-hmm. and we really enjoyed them. They're fun. They're a little clunky. It's the new writers. It's the new people really kind of following through. I felt like they missed a couple really good story beats where they could have had some really good, like, those Doctor Who moments where they kind of, like, they twist the heartstrings, mm-hmm. and they could have had that. Um, they missed out on a couple of those, uh, but in all honesty, I, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm along for the ride. She's doing a good. She's doing a good job. She does a good job as a doctor. She's kind of a mix of Tennant and Smith. That's what exactly the doctor that's, said. I yeah, that's, that's the doctor that I yeah. want to see. Yeah, you're like oh, uh, 60-40, Tennant and Smith. Perfect. Pour me that drink, my good man, and I will. Uh, I'll drink my other can of uh, 42 North Red Army 2018. Yeah, maybe I will. (laughs) So, uh, number one. Number two for John. For number two. Is going to be another HBO series. Uh, This is going to be the return of True Detective season three. Uh, I enjoyed the first two seasons. These are... You're right, Paul? The box was in his way. (laughs) Uh, these are detective stories that take place. Um, the first season took place in the past and in the future, and two detectives trying to find a killer of uh, small children. Uh, the third se- or the second season was three different cops from three different kind of areas having to team up. Um, it was more of a redemptive story of one character, and I thought it was really good. There was a lot of backlash over season two. I thought it was well done. I had no... I knew it was going to be a different story, a different plot point, everything about it. People wanted something more like season one. 
And this new season is going to be a lot more like season one. It's going to take place in the past and in the future. And it's a detective in the present who is trying to remember uh, plot points and trying to remember if he can solve this this murder that has been plaguing him for his whole life, but he's also suffering. It seems like he's suffering with like Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. So it's this guy trying to piece together his memory and being haunted by his memories. And it looks great. I'm a sucker for gritty detective stories. And, uh, this is my number two. Uh, I still haven't seen any of the show. I've heard really good things about it. Um, the main character too is um, he was the bad guy in the first season of um, uh, Luke Cage. Okay. Um, Copperhead. I can't remember it, his name, but yeah, I can't find it. Um, I can't think of his name either. Uh, I'm trying to look it up. It's okay. All right, I'm not worried about it. But it looks really well done. I mean, people seem to enjoy the show, so I'm wrong for not yeah. watching it. Chris, your number one. This will be my number one, and I assume this is on your list as well. Uh, but this is going to be Umbrella Academy. Mm. Totally forgot about Umbrella Ooh, Academy. Okay. Not on my uh, list. I'm, I'm surprised you forgot about it. Uh, also, again, coming out over from Netflix. I don't know the release date on this one. Oh, February 15th, 2019. Um, this is the retelling of the comic book story from Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. Uh, I I can't wait for this. The trailer, it's not what I wanted it to be. Um, I kind of wanted a more adult series of unfortunate events, which is kind of like an introductory glimpse into the world of Wes Anderson almost um, just the way the story's told like the scenes are shot I kind of wanted that from Umbrella Academy I'm not going to fault the show for not being that uh, I just, it doesn't have the budget I just, yeah it, that was it did though it, you can tell and that and that's and that's the problem is if they gave this that that kind of budget and the cinematography and everything it could be it could be great uh, I'm, I'm hoping it does really well though I haven't looked too much into this. I don't know how many episodes it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to just be like the first volume. And then if it does well, they'll pick up and do the, the second one with Dallas. But I don't know, I'm, I'm pumped for this and I'm surprised it didn't make your list. I'm surprised my number one didn't make your list. So, uh, well, <laughs> Oh, Paul's back. So I was going to say, what's the- yeah, I'm back. So let's go back to a, a pick that surprises nobody. Uh, it's my number one. Also a, a series that started in 2018, but I want to catch up in 2019. And that's Making It. The Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman show. Oh, I forgot where they about bring that. In, where they bring in people that are DIYers, and they basically set them off on challenges and see what they do. And they're very nice to them. <laughs> they're the judges? They're the judges. They're kind of on the show. They kind of they set the premise. I don't really know what the show is or about. But I didn't realize it was coming out already in 2018. Like, I heard about it, and I'm like... I, we talked about it on the I show. See it. I want to see it. And I know it's out. It's Supposedly, it's out. It, it is out. It did debut uh, in March 2017. Or no, it was announced in March 2017. 
yeah, it debuted so July 31st. So yeah, it's out. I just I haven't watched this yet. I I, I will though. I haven't seen it. And I love. I'm kind of a DIYer. You know, I like being in my basement and like kind of put things I, together. My wife and I hung our our banister, and Paul gave us some shit about it. I didn't mean to. I was trying to be very. You're nice. trying to be nice, but at the same time, you're like, eh, I've been an amateur too. Yeah, it's not bad. Oh, look at this. The screw. It's just in the <laughs> drywall. Like, literally, there was oh, a screw. Why did you become a teamster? On their banister that's like a quarter of an inch out of the wall. Oh, my God. And I just tug on it, and I'm like, this isn't anything. It's not in it's anything. It's not. The screw the isn't in, in the drywall, and that's all that matters. It's not in anything. You guys have a banister that you're trusting hey, that you can put we did it your- at 2 o'clock in the morning. That makes it I worse. I explained everything to that you. That makes it My worse. My wife wrapped the banister in twine before I met her or married her. I didn't want to and talk then, about it on the show. I, the whole thing, I wasn't going to talk the about fucking it. Thing apart. This is all on you. I, I, this I was is not so me. frustrated. The whole Yours. thing. I had a. She's, I'm like, do you, you know how? To, and I did the Paul thing. You know how to use a stud finder? And she's like, yeah. And then she does a thing, and then she drills into the wall, and she drills into nothing. And I'm like. <laughs> Hold on. So then I have to go and do everything because my whole thing is, especially with my wife, I let her do the stuff because then she can't yell at me and be mad at me when it fucks up. So I just kind of let her do her thing. And that's half the reason why when we play like Gloomhaven, I get frustrated when she micromanages me and Max finds it hilarious. But anyways, I didn't bring any of that up, (laughs) listeners. That was all John. I didn't say anything about the banister. People like when we argue. (laughs) Everyone but Chris. It just makes it awkward for everybody else on the podcast. Anyways, but the show that you like. Making it. With Amy Poehler and Nico. I understand. I want to see it. I I, I want to pick up tapes. I I, I imagine that even if it isn't Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler, I can't imagine them bringing on judges that aren't going to be helpful with solutions of, hey, we see what you did there. You should have done it this way. Like, hey, it's if you're going to hang up a banister, <clears throat> take off the brackets, hang the brackets, and then you hang can't the take banister off the brackets on. because she wrapped the whole <laughs> well, thing well, in this twine. Well, that's, that's uh, but it's the whole reason enough. why my wife and I like to watch the great, uh, the great British, British break-off. Break- break-off because those people like they explain like yeah. mm, it's Mary, rather dope. Mary Barry, you didn't, and, and uh, she's Paul. not on there anymore. What? I know. They then got this why new watch lady. It? She's kind of she's uh, she's not as good as Mary Berry, but she's it's pretty right. good. Paul Hollywood. Paul, he's oh yeah, he's still there. So he was kind of a he was the more he's, the dickish. He's the more and dickish. Then Mary, but he got, Mary but, rounded him off. Yeah, but he but even when he was dickish, he he had explained the texture is off. Mm-hmm. You underproofed it. You overproofed it. This is what's wrong with it. If you did it right, it would. All be I know beautiful. about the Great British British Bake Off is you weren't there to win. You were there to get a handshake from Paul Hollywood. Oh, man. If you got a handshake... The last season, he was handing them out left and right. <laughs> he got a and handshake. And he even said, ah, man, I'm giving out way too many handshakes. But then he kept giving them away. If you got a handshake from Paul Hollywood, you won the show. Doesn't matter prize money. Doesn't matter anything. You walk out of that tent and you just keep on walking. Oh, you walk out Life with, does not get any the, better. You got to deal with that boner. Yeah. When you walk out of that tent, got a handshake. <laughs> that makes no sense. At least when I talked about it. I know, but you said was, deal with the yeah, deal yeah, with boner. I brought was, it back. I've got an episode title with deal with boner. You just really are pushing for it. I'm pushing I'm gonna for it. I'm going to eat all these chocolates now. Go ahead. No. I don't care. Uh, my number one is the reason why I will be picking up Disney Plus 
And this is going to be The Mandalorian, the 10-episode, $100 million series that Disney is putting out there, uh, taking place, I think it's between original trilogy and the new trilogy, uh, with a... A Ridge Tridge. A Ridge Tridge. A Ridge Tridge. Of a character that find either finds Mandalorian army armor or is a Mandalorian and <laughs> is going to be hunting down and being a cool bounty hunter. Hopefully, uh, the production still that we got, I love it. <laughs> the cast, the directors, the showrunner of John Favreau, everything about it has got me there. It's and a I'm, different showrunner every episode, right? A different, or a different director, director? Yeah. different director. And okay. most of the directors are actors who are going to be in it. Hmm. Uh, Tiki Watiki uh, from, directing episodes wait, and is a character in it. Who's Tiki Watiki? Uh, isn't that Thor? Like, Thor Ragnarok, Ragnarok 3. Yeah. And also uh, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. I did, Just background for listeners who hey. are like me that forget people's names. Uh, but, I mean, he's going to be there. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's going to be in the in the series. Um, there's a couple other directors and actors. Dave Filoni of there. Star Wars Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels is doing a episode. It's his first live-action Star Wars project, so I'm, I'm pumped for that one. He's a writer and director of those animated yeah. series. Yeah, he was like the showrunner on them, actually, too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, just for listeners yes, like sorry. me that don't recognize names. we well, Because sometimes we throw out names, and I'm... Like I'm taken aback personally because I'm a person, <laughs> so I cannot imagine a listener that doesn't do research for a podcast would be listening in and be like, "Oh yeah, that person, that guy, yeah." You know, that's all uh, I'm saying because I am a person. But I'm definitely. This is one of the things. Like the things that have been announced, and with this thing, going to be pretty much when it launches. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm there. They got my money. I told my wife this releases we're buying it we're getting it mm-hmm. this is the thing we're gonna do and these are the thing. these are the reasons why and I will have them <laughs> they will be mine <laughs> oh yes they will be mine good Wayne uh, Wayne's World reference I was watching it yesterday uh, Kate and I are on a kick of Indiana Jones and the Mummy movies right now I was, watching, all, I was watching the hit, Mummy before you came in they all hit the they hey, all hit yeah, the they hit the, they hit the thing they hit the Netflix thing. I was like, so really fun. excited when the, the original Mummy went up, but I was like, oh yeah, I love watching this. Movie. Great movies. There's nothing to, nothing to dislike about it. They're no. like uh, 2018 Russian Imperial from 42 North. <laughs> nothing great, but nothing horrible about them. Uh, no. Mummy is 2000. The first one is 2017. No, Raiders is 2017. <laughs> The Ori- mummy. Original Mummy is 2017. <laughs> Stop threatening to eat my chocolates. You can have chocolates, Paul. Eat them. I don't want them. They're Russer's chocolates that somebody gave to us because we had a baby. I don't care. I'm trying to lose weight. I, I don't care if you're trying to. Then stop trying to imply that you want to eat my chocolates. I want you to obviously want to eat my chocolates. I want to hurt you the way you hurt me. With the way you talk about 2018 Russian Imperial. Do not, do not act like that hurts you. You think it's as bad as I do. I don't think it's as bad. I think it's bad, but not as bad. Anywho. Serious or great? I'm going to sanitize my hands. <coughs> and we're going to talk about the movies. Because I'm coughing and I don't want to get anyone year? sick. And my number Wait. three. from For movies here you're looking forward to in. In 2019. I'm sorry. What year? 
Nobody else has said it. What? Because you're the only one that can. <laughs> yeah, because I have no. got to say the year. I always imply the year. I never say the year. 2019! Let's get ready to read. Thank you. I'm asking for <clears throat> Uh, and this is going to be us uh, from Jordan Peele. Uh, I thought Get Out. Number three. This is your number three? This I'll is my number three. I thought this would be two for you. I don't know why. Mm. Uh? When I say number two, you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, I really thought Get Out. Number one, I'm like, oh, that's a movie I haven't heard of. <laughs> that's number one, movie I haven't heard of. Number two, us. Number three, like one of the nerdy movies that we all heard of. That's what I was thinking. You, I'm, I'm, you are completely wrong. Yeah. Okay. With this list. Uh, Us is my number three. Get Out, I thought, was an amazing movie. Uh, I love horror movies. It was what you think is happening in the trailer is something totally different with the movie is. And it is one of those reasons why you really like those, those 70s horror movies where they actually had, like, they're trying to say something. Uh, George Romero, his Night of the Living Dead, he's trying to say something about racism in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Give a person an excuse to kill somebody, cons- they'll use it as an excuse to kill somebody. Uh, consumerism, you know, he's going to talk about in, in Dawn of the Dead. Uh, get Out was something that really had something to say that you didn't realize he was saying something until mm-hmm. you started watching the movie. Much like Uh with with the trailer from us, I watch it and I go, "What is he gonna? What what, what more is gonna mm-hmm. be there? It's not gonna be just your same old, your same old run of the mill thing. Whatever this trailer has led me to believe this movie is about, it might be about something completely different. Uh, it looks really good. It looks like it's gonna be scary. It looks like it's gonna have some kind of creepy moments to it." And I want to see where it goes. Um, I think as a director, he's done some very good, very good things. Even the Keanu movie. I think the Keanu movie uh, about is that the cat. It's about the cat, the kitten, uh, was very good. Uh, Get out, and us. I, I just can't wait to see what it's gonna what, it, what it's gonna be. He said that us is not going to be about racism. No, you it's can't... not. No, you can tell from the thing it's not going to. And be. it's about home invaders. That are doppelgangers of the people that are living there. Yes. It seems so creepy. It's so creepy. Uh, and it, it, stars, it stars uh, the guy who plays um, the Monkey King in uh, uh, Black Panther. He's the, the lead actor in it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <clears throat> so, Kid and I just recently watched, maybe two, three months ago, uh, the uh, Tangled in Time. Or uh, wrinkled in time. Yeah, that wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. But the whole thing about the darkness and like being able to create your own doppelganger to go back and live instead, like that whole like, but they're devoid of love. Like that's what it reminded me. I'm like, oh, the doppelgangers from Tangled in Time are coming back and like just going to take over your life. It's so creepy. I don't know. I don't know what message it's trying to send. Overall, what's the overarching messages? But I did watch the trailer. It is very creepy. I will not go to watch this in theaters. I will need to take Valium before watching this movie. You're, you never to have to watch it, Paul. You know what I'm going to do? Never Thank watch God. it? <laughs> never watch it and do what I always do. 
Just read the synopsis on Wikipedia. But I will not give you $3, Wikipedia. Stop asking. Chris. Yay. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is a movie that I'm going to have to watch the first one to see this one. I I missed it. Heard really great things about it. It did super well. It's getting a second one. Uh, this is going to be Jumanji 2. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I feel like I need to... Like I said, I'm picking movies that we're not going to talk about, like, ad nauseum. I didn't know that Jumanji 2 was a thing. Yeah, uh, everyone's yeah. coming back. The first one did... You did no research for this. <laughs> uh, first one did so I did so as well. much research as, like, oh, what movies have I heard about and I'm going to pick? Jumanji 2, which they so, really... No. Chris, Chris, go on. They do need to hire me as a consultant. Uh, it should obviously be called Tumanji. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't seen the first Rock Helmed Jumanji. I'm a big fan of the original one from the '90s with Robin Williams. That's one of my go-to sick day movies. Um, I've heard great things though. So yeah, you know what? I will be uh, going into it excited. Hmm. My number three is a movie. I'm sure is it, it fell off Chris's list because he knew we would talk about it. Uh, this is a movie I've seen before. So therefore, I know I'm going to like it. And that's Aladdin. Yeah. <laughs> the Guy Ritchie film, which is going to be a shot-for-shot shot remake of the classic Disney animated movie from, uh, what, 92? Uh, Somewhere yeah, in 94? 94, I think. Not 100% now. 94. Uh, it's like, that's the last of the Disney movies where I felt like, oh yeah, I was young enough to be really excited about the movie coming about. Robin Williams is a genie. We're getting Will Smith as a genie, which I think is a good pick. Don't try to, Robin. You can't recapture no, that lightning yeah. in that bottle. It's Robin Williams. I know they have a Broadway show of Aladdin, and I haven't seen it. But I think it's good that they go someplace completely different with the genie. Um, so Will Smith, I like as the casting. Uh, I'm excited to see the midriff of Jasmine. <laughs> Cause, I thought you were going to say Will Smith. Because <laughs> that that's one of my first, you know, Disney crushes. Was, oh, she's my favorite. Oh, yeah. She's my favorite Disney princess. Well, Rapunzel's my favorite Disney <laughs> princess. But Jasmine is number two because, you know, nostalgia. <clears throat> uh, but, yeah, I'm excited to see this movie. I, I, if it is just a shot-for-shot live-action remake, I'm okay with it. If it I adds a say, little bit I more, mean, it's We've fine. all seen the, um, the Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not just a reshot kind of version of it they it's they, the same they, story but it's they they basically try to uh spackle over the whole plot holes yeah they like oh well they use this ground if chip was, they, fi- they fix some mm-hmm. plot holes they, they add to it and you know what chris i do have to admit that the whole lonely tower song has grown on me <laughs> so much so, where now when i watch oh that gosh, film i'm like so... yes it's lonely tower song now so, let's go so is... and i sing along to it it's not bad i, I don't dislike it it's just <laughs> i hated that song when i first watched the movie i now love it i don't even know the song can you sing it for me i don't know it locked in my lonely tower who sings this it? it's the beast that's oh it. Yeah. i for some reason i was trying to even now that you fade from you. Okay. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I don't know the song, but I understand. Yeah. So if they add a new song, I'll probably hate it when I first watch it in the movie theater. But then, like, on the eighth time of watching <laughs> it, I'll be, like, singing along. It'll be fine. It works. 
the cinematography and the trailers that we've had, it makes it look like this movie's... It's going to be good. I'd like to see where it goes. I'd like to see an actual trailer trailer for it. And Guy Ritchie shooting a uh, parkour scene? It's going to work. Yeah. It'll work. I think this is going to be the least Guy Ritchie movie you've ever seen. Uh, you know that guy. The guy from uh, uh, Gallivant that plays the, like, the bodyguard? Yeah. That guy that's oh, all, yeah, in yeah, all uh, Guy Ritchie films? Uh, the soccer player. Yeah, the yeah, soccer boy, player. Yeah. Not. yeah, he was... Well, don't bring up that movie. Uh, <laughs> that guy, he's going to be in this movie, right? He has well, to He's got to be. He's going to be the, the lead, the, the guard. <laughs> he's got to be a guard. He's going to be the guard that's going after and, that street and rat. And then Gallivant, he proves he can sing yeah. just a little bit. Just enough. So uh, give it to me. <clears throat> I'm in. Sign me up. Aladdin, number three. Bought my ticket. John, who goes next? Vinny Jones. Vinny, Vinny Jones. Jones. I'll go. Uh, it will be my turn to go, and my movie is going to be the remake, as well what? as Paul's, of Pet Cemetery. Uh, this is going to be a new version of the Stephen King story. Uh, it looks really great. John Lithgow oh. is playing the uh, the old neighbor across the street. Where it was the guy who played Herman Munster uh, in the original one. Oh, the judge from My Cousin Vinny. Yeah. Jed is better. Uh, John Lithgow, not doing uh, the the New England accent. Uh, but John Lithgow is his character in the trailer. Just looks, looks brilliant. Can convey that fear. Uh, the trailer makes it look creepy as hell. This is one of those movies that I saw when I was a little kid that scared the bejesus out of me. And it was... There was just some of the things like the mom's retelling the story about her sister with the the, the weird disease. I can't think of what it is. Uh, it, it's one of those ones that just, it's always kind of haunted me. I've gone back and rewatched it, and it still kind of makes me cringe a little bit. But it's, it's one of those ones that it looks like this is going to be a really good retelling of the novel. Not a shot for shot of the the original movie, which I think is actually a, a really good movie. Uh, so yeah, Pet Cemetery Two. Looking forward to it, um, man. I'm looking forward to that little kid cutting the attendees, uh, the tendons on the back of the guy's heel. Oh, so he can't dance, or other than the electric, or, or he can't run away as he for the electric comes out and <laughs> stabs him, kills him. I was going to say because he called it Pet Cemetery 2, so he couldn't have come out and dance the electric blue. Oh, oh, Pet Cemetery 2 is really, it's bad. It's a good bad, but it's a bad. It's a bad. Eddie Furlong's in it. And the kid, the kid who's the douchey brother in Honey and Blew Up the Kids, is the one that falls in love with the ant. He gets his face, like, torn off with the back of a uh, motorbike. Mm-hmm. Creepy. Chris, hey, number two. Uh, my number two is also a sequel, so it's a number two at two. Uh, and this is Zombieland two. I don't. What? Yeah, I don't know if they ever. That's getting a sequel. <coughs> I don't know if they ever did the Amazon show that they were. No. Nope. Okay, because I guess that just wasn't coming <laughs> together and didn't look good. Uh, but everyone's coming back. Zombieland two. I love the first one. I haven't seen it in a bit, but you know what? As soon as I saw that they were doing a a sequel, yeah, I'm on board. Uh, John, you know, who's coming, you know who's coming back for it, Chris? 
Bill Murray? Bill Murray yes. and Dan Aykroyd. Wow. Wow. I appreciate that. You know who got really annoyed with us when we first talked about Zombieland? It was John. Because we refused to talk about that movie. Because John was the only one that watched it. And I talked about Whip It. And Chris, you were talking about some other movie. I don't even remember this. <laughs> it was back when we had a, yeah. a, a movie. A it was back when, when we had Movie Fix. And we recorded that in my living room. The living room apartment. Uh, with Scott. And we all walked away and like took a pause because we were so upset with each other. <laughs> it was one of our very first episodes. I, don't, I honestly don't remember that at all. I remember, I remember you talking about Whippet. <laughs> and getting the really, rollerblading movie. Yeah, roller derby. What the fuck ever. <laughs> I feel like I but saw. I was like, no. I feel like I saw Zombieland with John. No, we, you and I did see. You and I were trying to talk about it, and okay. Paul is just constantly trying to derail it. <laughs> yeah. So, that's what happened with the very first Zombie Land. Uh, my number two is going to be uh, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I want to be like Taylor Swift. I want the Endgame. Uh, this all hinges, like Endgame hinges on how well the Marvel Cinematic Universe does. It, they set it up with uh, Infinity War. like Brilliantly yeah. set it up with Infinity War. Well, it's... Kind of like how I felt about uh, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. I thought you were like, going to say Back to the Future 2 and 3. <laughs> well, those were shot at the same were... time. So was this. Hmm. Um, really weird that went Old West after 2. Um, love it. I didn't really love 2. Well, I, and so I, I, don't I don't might see, not I love think like, I like alternate. I think I like 3 better than 2, honestly. And that's game. how I feel like the Endgame might be. I might love Endgame more than I love Infinity War, and I might never go back to watch Infinity War. I'll just watch Endgame. Here's the problem with two. I I th- I, I will defend two, but you have the future. We're talking about you, Back to the Future. Back to the Future two. Okay. For you listeners the, that are like me, future, that are people, and then you have the alternate mm-hmm. pr- present because mm-hmm. the timeline was altered. But what's great about that movie is when they go back to the original movie and he's running around mm-hmm. in the background of that movie. That's what's great about that movie. Right. And he's I got love, the he's got the fun. fedora yeah. and the leather coat. Like all of that is what's great about that movie. I love 2015 in that movie. You know, the alternative Blade the Runner future, where the future's yeah, fun. Where where there's flying cars. But then cars it gets depressing when it's fun. like you see the old Michael J. Fox. Yeah, that part's bad. They go back and then yeah. The middle section when it they're gets dark, in, mm-hmm. so dark when they're in the alternative present. Yeah, the alternative nineteen eighty five. That's horrible. But then they go back to nineteen fifty five, and he's playing along in the first movie. And yeah, I agree. That one's great. It's so it's smart. It's well Jaws done. Kind. It's the best part of that movie, and it 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 saves that movie. Mm-hmm. I do like three. Yeah, three. These are my boys. Well, back, Jules and Bird. Jules and Bird. <laughs> I'm a Back to the Future head. I love Back to the Future movies. I like one and three. <coughs> I will never go to back, watch go back to watch two. And what Endgame, if you just watch that end part of two? No, I'm just like I'm saying with Endgame. It all it, this is the linchpin. Maybe I will want to go back and watch Infinity War yet again because it's I it's a good lead up. It's great because I rewatched it and made my it made my best of 2018. 
2000, uh, but part two of Back to the Future, I can skip. I'm I'm fine. I don't need to watch it. Like you got the guy coming up from uh, Western Union, being like, "We got are you? Is your name Marty? Marty McFly? We had a bet if you were gonna be here. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all you need. And that happens in part three as well. I, so. I think it's some I. I that's why it's making my number two, not my number one. I'm very excited to see how it ends. I, I, it's the linchpin. It's the keystone of the Marvel Universe, cinematic universe right now. If this doesn't work, everything falls apart. Well, here's the thing. is This is the thing that launches everything else from it. This is the end of That's the... That's too much this weight. Is the, this is, quote, unquote, the end of our era of these movies. Right. I'm willing to put the weight on it that it's the linchpin. It is what ties everything else together. I'm not willing to y'all sit then put the weight on. This launches everything. Well, that's that's what Adventures was though. Like they they've done this before. Like they're they're on their game. They know what they're doing. Chris, remember how nervous I was for Avengers? Yeah, I was so nervous. I'm the guy that has to read about the patents for the ride mechanisms before I will ride the ride. <laughs> that's how I am with You're this a movie. I am a wacky do, but you guys deal with it and love me anyways. And we do. I thank you for you. Thank you for that, guys. I do love you guys. Thank you, Chris. Yes. John, thank you for thank being you. my friend. Love you too. I, I do appreciate we it. Take, we take all of your crazy bullshit. <laughs> I do. We try to reflect it on you to show you how crazy it is. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that makes total sense to me. I don't know why you guys are calling it crazy. And I just keep on moving on. We keep and we keep, we stay with you. I, you stay with and me. I and I defend you to everyone else when I was like, hey, this is my friend Paul. He's going to be awkward. It's going to be weird. But in the end, you'll go, hey, that Paul, guy Paul's a pretty decent dude. I, I just want to be, yeah, I'm a little awkward. I'm a little weird. No, no, but no. I, don't, don't put little in front of this. Okay. I am awkward. I'm, I am weird. But when you're my friend, I will fight to the bitter end for you. Oh, yeah. I will do anything you're that great. you ask me You're a great friend. I, you're I, a great person, Paul. Uh, and that's why my number one <laughs> is a split between Avengers and Shazam. Wow. I couldn't pick. I am uh, looking so forward to both of these. I was hoping somebody was going to say Star Wars. Uh, uh, I am. That's my okay. number one. So don't uh, worry about it. Uh, but the Avengers, I wasn't, I, it wasn't totally in my, my frame where I was really thinking about Avengers till after Christmas I rewatched Avengers Infinity War and went, holy crap, this movie's really good. It's just really well done. Everything about it. I can't wait for the next one. Shazam, one, Captain Marvel, one of my favorite characters. I can't wait to see how it's done. And the trailers have made me go, I think they get it. Yeah, it looks, it I looks think fun. They, I think they got it. I think they're not going to Warner Brothers this project. And that's what they've kind of done with most of these movies. So I'm looking forward to both of these movies. I couldn't pick which one I wanted more than the other, so I did both of them. And uh, I'm fine with it, and I'm looking forward to both of those movies. That's okay. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to those as well. Um, not on my list, though, because you know why? We'll be talking about those why? a lot later. Um, I actually picked the new Quentin Tarantino movie, though, as my number one. The What's Fun Time in Hollywood. In Mexico? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, in Hollywood. Oh. Is this a sequel? No. no. To what? To Once a time, Upon a Time in 
Actually. No, that's a Robert Rodriguez. Oh, movie. that was uh, that was Robert Rodriguess. But there's not Danny Trejo. Not Johnny Trejo is probably in it. <laughs> uh, no, but these are like uh, the the Sergio Leone Once Upon a Time in America. Uh, there's tons of the Old West. There's tons of these movies where they use that title, and that's what he's doing to do this L.A. story in the the kind of '60s '70s era. I I didn't see. Uh, my gosh, what's it called? Dangerous. Hatefully. Hatefully. Thank you. I was going to say dangerous, but that wasn't it. Um, I didn't see that when I was in theaters, but when I did watch it on Netflix, I was like, oh man, like I, I really dug it. Um, so yeah, I mean, he deserves the benefit of the doubt. I just, I slept on it for too long. So yeah, I'm going to go definitely check out this one. This would have been, this would have been my like, uh, extra. Yeah. Like my, my honorable, honorable mention. Because it is one I'd like. I, I enjoy Quentin Tarantino movies greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I didn't I didn't absolutely love Hateful Eight, but I appreciated it because it was like almost like a play. Yeah, and it was just in one room. It was just mm. it was like a uh, his version of like a play. Mm-hmm. And that's like the Twelve thing. Angry Men. But yeah, and that's the thing that he does so well is he says, "Okay, I'm going to do X my way." You know, even um, Inglorious Bastards. I'm going to tell a World War II story. My way. Mm-hmm. The only way that matters. The Quentin Tarantino way. And uh, that's what I like about him. So doing this story where it's going to take place around the, the Manson killings and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to see where it goes. This is also the thing uh, I we reported on in the news that he um, he was open for a producing company. Mm-hmm. And... People were doing these, like, Sony brought them in, and they had all vintage cars in the parking lot. And everyone was dressed as if they were in the 60s and stuff. Like, everyone was pulling out all the stops to get him to go with them for this movie. And finally, when he decided on the whatever company he chose to go with, was they were offering him just the best thing. But they were pulling out all the stops to get him mm-hmm. to make the movie with them. And it's, he's one of the few people that can say, I want to make this movie. And every studio is raising fists of money being like, make it with us, make it with us. Did Hateful Eight make that much money? For the amount of money that was paid to make it. Um, but in the end, it's Quentin Tarantino. It might make X in the theater, but sales of it, DVDs, mm-hmm. any of that is going to make it its money. Yeah, it's going to be around for a bit. Staying power. No, what has staying power? You're number one. Make a lot of money. Star Wars. Yeah. (laughs) Episode nine. Whatever the title (laughs) may be. I'm talking about linchpins, keystones of whether or not the last movie I just watched from this series was good or not. Whew. Episode nine. Star Wars. Uh, I am still rooting. I am still shipping that relationship between uh, Kylo Ren and uh, and Ray. I want gray Jedi. I don't, you know, is it so wrong that I want gray Jedi? People that aren't light or dark, that are just a balance of the two. They find balance which, within the Force and walk that path. Like, that's what I wanted from that you movie. Should, you should. It flirted with me the whole time. You should watch it kept, Star Wars Rebels then with Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's basically uh, what I need to do. Um, it's It flirted with me. And I'm hoping that uh, eventually in episode nine, maybe we get it, maybe we don't. 
Uh, but I hope that it has a great resolve. I hope there's an ultimate awesome space battle scene like the bombing run in uh, episode 8 or in the uh, in uh, Rogue One when they do they call dial up the Bring hammerhead. The hammerhead. Yeah. So such a great scene. You know, uh, I come to Star Wars for the space battles. Uh, I know some people come for the lightsaber duels, but I, I, I hope it all ramps up. There's a big sh- uh, Amada showdown. I know that there's only one ship left in the Rebellion right now, or the Resistance, which is, you know, the the uh, Millennium Falcon. But, you know, I'm hoping that the scroll starts and we're into it where the Resistance has rebuilt their army. Uh, their, their well, this armada. is supposed to take some time in the future. We're hoping. We I don't know if we know. No, I believe they yeah, said it's going to take, take a time jump. I'm hoping so. So uh, I know nothing about it. I don't need to know anything about it. I'm like Chris going into uh, Captain Marvel. It's fine. Like I'll, I'll, I don't need to watch a trailer. They have my money. I'll go watch it. I'm going to try to stay as dead as possible to this movie until it comes out. Yeah, see, this is one. I'll watch the. Yeah, I'm okay with. I'll watch the first trailer. I want to know more about this one. I'm excited for it. I'm excited about it already. Like, there's nothing more that they can show me that will make me less or more excited. I'm at peak excitement. I am good. They have my money. The trailer, you know what the trailer for episode nine was? Episode eight. Yeah. <laughs> that whole movie. I am fine. <clears throat> Let's go. Rose, she alive? Cool. Doesn't matter. I'll learn about it during the first couple minutes, I'm sure. I wanna go I wanna go more dead to this movie. Uh, on uh, trailers and spoilers than Chris did with uh, Captain Marvel. I did that with the um, episode 8. Mm-hmm. I think I watched that initial trailer and then I was like, they got me. I don't want to watch anything else. I don't want anything else to be ruined for me. And I did that with that one. I'll definitely check out the first trailer. I'm going to I'm going to ha- I'm going to have to watch it. Guess I'm call- I'm calling it out. Mm. I am I'm now trailer free. Since uh, one thirteen, one thirteen, trailer free since one thirteen. It's it's hard, honestly. It is. I thank you, Chris. It's difficult, but I I appreciate your support and your love. Yeah, I I mean I'm excited that I get to see Captain Marvel in like two more months and go into it pretty fresh. Mm-hmm. And speaking so, of Chris, what? Oh yeah, going into th- movies number one, it's number fresh. Already, who else? Already did my number one. Oh. Yeah. You're the last one. Okay. Yeah. Then we'll uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to drinking some fresh stuff with our new beers resolution. Mm. Uh, Chris, you want to go first? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to start it off. Um, I keep falling into this habit of going to the beer store just like pick up stuff to drink, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I need to just keep buying more new stuff and then saving it for the show because there's beers that I bought that I want to talk about that I just wind up drinking throughout the week. And then when it comes around, like the time we record, I have to go buy more or I just reminisce back to what I had a couple days previously. I seem to be better about buying beer and just make sure I hold on to it for the purpose of saving it for the show. It's doable. I can do it. Instead of buying like one or two bottles of something to be like, Oh, I can drink this on the show and then have one to drink later. I always just wind up drinking both of them. See, so start getting six packs. Yeah, 
I think that's easy for you to do. And we've been trying to get on more regular basis. You know, there's a reason for you to buy the beer and then we're not able to record for uh, like a week or two and then you're just sitting on the beer. <clears throat> One, but, because of Christmas schedule and two, because John decides to knock up his wife and have a baby. <laughs> hey, that baby chose to come early. I can't help that. Uh, uh, but yeah, Paul, you got a... Yeah, I got a New Year's resolution for a beer and that's to drink less and to really hone in on what I enjoy about beer. When I go to the beer store... I kind of just pick and choose something randomly most of the time. Unless I talk to you, John, and you kind of leave my way. But when I go to the beer store, I, if I'm going to buy a beer, I want to make sure it's a beer that I really enjoy and I want to drink. Not that I'm just drinking because I have it in the fridge, I have it in the basement, I have it in the cellar. So let's just, you know, keep on drinking it. Like, I don't know, a 2018 uh, Red Army from, uh, <laughs> from 42 North. Like, I really want to hone in what I enjoy about from each style of beer. Like, okay, IPAs, I know I want a good citrus upfront pop with a nice back end and just smooth throughout. If it's crushable and drinkable at like a 4.5%, that's fine. If it's like a big boy at a 10%, like a nibble giant, I'm good either way. Like, you know, I don't want to just be throwing money at beer anymore, just, like, willy-nilly. I want to hone in, decide what I like, figure it out, and keep my fridge stocked with that. So when I have friends over and they're looking for a beer, yeah, I have that beer. Stuff that's um, not going to dissipate over long the long term. I can keep my uh, fridge stocked nicely. If I want to grab one and really enjoy it, I can. And if I have friends over... I have something that will suit their need, suit their likes and taste. So it's like I need to find a solid stout, solid IPA, and a solid middle round, you know, middle all round beer. Jack Savvy's House Lager. You're up. All around beer. How much? Uh, Versus the price point. That's nine, the whole thing. Nine ninety nine six pack tall boys. Okay. And how long will they stay in the fridge? They should be able to hold almost a year. Okay. Uh, I would say Supercluster from Lagunitas Double IPA. It's going to hold up. It's in cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8% IPA, and it's going to run you, I think, nine ninety nine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, juicy flavor to it. Good back end to it. It's going to just be your a solid all-around beer. And honestly, Southern Tier 2X Stout. Mm-hmm. It's and Edmund Fitzgerald for my porter. Edmund Fitzgerald for a porter. I think those would be, if that's what you're just looking to do. If I just keep my fridge stocked with that. Have those in I'll there and then branch out every once in a while when you see a new beer. Well, when the seasonals come out, like Nimble Giant, I'm always going to get. Weyerbacher's, uh, uh Sunday Morning. And, uh, Cincinnati uh, and Sunday, Sunday Morning. morning. KBS. Those releases, I'm fine with spending those money on those special occasions. But, like, I don't need to be spending that kind of money Every time I go shopping for a beer, and I mean Sloop Juice Bomb, twelve ninety nine for that beer. It's, it's if I know somebody's coming over the next day, I can pick that up and and be good. You know, too juicy. It's usually on the shelf. Too juicy. Yep. Uh, yeah. From two roads, that's going to be there. That's that's what I want to do. I want to create a basically a pantry list for my beer. Have that ready to go. 
anytime I'm going to have so, a party. So nice about those fresh IPAs that just come in and they're, they taste great. Yeah, they taste great and everything, but sometimes they're hit and miss. You know, sometimes I don't. I'm not as big a fan, but you know, if I have that pantry list, well, you love and that uh, the um, the pork uh, the pork factory pork That's factory. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You enjoyed the hell out of that beer. I did. I still have one in my. Uh, I know we were because yeah. we we're talking about calling in and doing that one. Um, yeah, you know, there's those beers that just they're they're worth the try. Right. Anything from foreign objects, I think, is worth the try. I picked up um, one that I've already had from them because it was back in. I picked it up. I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying drinking it. Mm-hmm. I got some wrench in the basement. I'm enjoying drinking right. it. I enjoy wrench, but that's the thing. Like, I want to come up with a very narrow list of, like, hey, you got people... Oh, okay, this is what you're going to stock normally. Special occasion, this is what you're going to get. Oh, John's coming over. Pick up that pig factory. Pick up this, you know. Sierra Nevada has a hazy IPA. It's decent. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's going to be eight ninety nine a six-pack. Um, I, I don't want to drop 50 60 70 bucks every time I go to the, you know... I hear you. Get in line. Like, I hear you. After you just, picking up you just show up for the podcast, and I do it for you. Well, now, yeah, because, uh, you know, you're in a position where you can, you know? Uh, and my beer uh, resolution um, is one that we constantly talk about, and it's that doing that more, center more on the local beers. And I think um, definitely with this last year... Did we hit it? We did, did not. We, we got away ah. from it because I was... My beer store, we started bringing in such new stuff. And, and that's the thing. I, I kept on like, but, I, but okay, we, I'm, but I'm good. With, You're like, but Paul, I, we but could Paul, drink this. I have, I have this. But Paul, but, I have this. And I'm like, I could go get, but Paul, this. But I have this. And, and yeah, it makes it very hard. But with, with froth mm-hmm. uh, being 17 cool. minutes away, easily bring crowlers 2019, though. Doesn't huh? count. 2019. That doesn't count. Does it just opened in 2019? Right, right, right. right, but oh, for this year. But yeah, I'm talking year. about did we hit it for last year? No, we didn't. We didn't do it at all. 42 North. Like I brought a lot of from 42 North last year. No, we, we only drank a lot of from 42 North. We didn't do it on the show. We had 24 episodes. <laughs> I think for four of those episodes. I, I don't think so. Uh, but I think I think definitely trying to bring in more of the local guys again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that just we should just do in general. Is, mm-hmm. is bring in those local flavors. Uh, Froth just opened. Another brewery, uh, Beltline, just opened. Again, they had the same thing, that op- that soft opening weekend. Uh, two breweries right there. There's Mortalis that's about 40 minutes away towards Everybody Rochester. freaking loves. That the people have been going crazy for those beers. Other half is open in Victor, mm-hmm. uh, which is an hour and maybe 20 minutes away from here. Uh, I have some beers in there that I'll be drinking with Paul on our game night later this week. Like, it's it's those kind of local flavors that we've been missing out on, even in just our normal mm-hmm. drinking stuff and where we talk and when we hang out, do we go out and grab a beer here or there? No. Community Beer Works has got a new new bar open. Mm-hmm. We haven't been. Neither one of us have yet to even talk about going there for it. So it's like th- some things like that that I, I, I want to be a little more into our beer community mm-hmm. and have those beers and talk about And I think that it probably will be my beer 
resolution every year until we I feel like I actually do it. Mm-hmm. Well, do you think we did the episode? I think we did. I we think do we it. did. We did the hell out did of it. We do it. Is it two hours and some odd minutes? Uh, it is two hours yeah. and twenty six minutes. I gotta I gotta get ready to go work. All right, guys. I think we did it. Thank you so much for listening, listeners. Uh, if you enjoy what we do, rate us and review us. Uh, comment on this episode on Facebook or Instagram, wherever you happen to find us on social medias. Uh, email us at bagdenboard at gmail.com. Bagdenboardcast at gmail.com. Check out oh, the show Bagden notes page. Cast. It's all over there at bagdenboard.com. 